Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Salamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here. Talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. to you it's a football friday it's the end of the week it's the beginning of the weekend but it's our favorite time of the week amo calamino chad wilson here with you it's football friday here on the gridiron stud show and we're just so happy to be here are we not we're not amo oh who isn't happy to be talking football on a friday up here by the way if you looked out my window you wouldn't be happy we've got a we've had a good run of weather chad but i'm telling you today is a fall day in Pennsylvania, it is cold and raining. <laughs> when you say cold, can you be a little more specific, please? 60s, you know, cold, cold to me. I don't. I'm, I'm yeah, like, hey, listen, I, yeah, I'm more like Arctic you. I like that weather down, down there. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty. That's downright Arctic if you're down here in in the state of Florida. That's yeah. Oh, you got ice. That's air off your nuts down there if it's 60 degrees. Holy cow! Yeah, that's that's how that would be treated. Uh, wool caps and everything else coming out. But coming up on the show today is as it is every football Friday, jam packed. We are going to talk the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, that happened last night. Didn't go well for the locals down here. If you're a Dolphin fan, oh boy, uh, feeling yeah. Feeling for you right now. Your team is now one and three, and uh, we'll talk about uh, what the chances are of making the playoffs when something like that happens. We are going to talk college football. We'll talk. We'll preview some of the big matchups for this weekend, and there are some pretty big ones, some good ones coming up. We will also give out our predictions on college football. We'll jump into some NFL football, fantasy football focus. Talk some fantasy football. Talk about some of the uh, bigger games coming up in the NFL this week. And then also give you our predictions. And then later on, as always, uh, we'll talk Seminoles, Gators, and Miami Hurricanes football here on the Gridiron Stud Show with some of my guests, as well as end it all off on this Football Friday with Florida High School Football Talk with Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. So let's get it started. Thursday night football, Miami Dolphins. On the road, on a Thursday night, against a Cincinnati Bengals team off of a loss. I, we shouldn't be surprised by the loss here, right? Uh, the, surprised by the actual uh, loss itself, no. But but the Dolphins are, you know, really bad. I mean, the, the best thing that happened to the Dolphins last night was that they wore those uniforms because it kept the talk away from the, the, their actual play. Because they, they topped mm. how bad their play is with what they chose to dress with in that game. Yeah, uh, the whole orange thing. I don't know, why, what is it about the Thursday night games that make teams want to do that whole solid color thing? You remember when we had the Christmas ornaments? Uh, it was the Bills and the Jets. 
You know, I, I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, but you're not staying Nike. up on things. They are the Nike Cool Rush jersey. See, that's called we need to sell you more crap so you have the Dolphins home jersey and their away jersey. So now you can go get their Cool Rush jersey, which, by the way, for those of you who aren't old enough, looked a little bit like the 76 Buccaneers uniform, only even the Bucks had the decency to wear white pants with it when they looked like creamsicles. I mean, they had, you know, they had the creamsicle with the white vanilla on the inside. That's what the Bucks looked like. The Dolphins just went all creamsicle on us. And, uh, As I recall, like there the wasn't much victories bucks. going on. Wasn't, wasn't, yeah, no, wasn't they much played like the 76 Bucks. <laughs> they imitated them. Man, uh, absolutely un- unbelievable. Um, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, if you had A.J. Green, you did really, really well last night. Ten catches for 173 yards. You know, listen, I, I don't want to say he's underrated, but, you know, maybe he is underrated. I just don't think we're talking enough about A.J. Green as a wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, well, I mean, he's up there with, for me, you know, I have a list of like five, obviously, Antonio Brown's on it. I like Green, I like uh, Julio Jones, I like Des Bryant, you know, guys. And then, you know, I have a guy, you know, there's other guys, you know, I I struggle with. I mean, Beckham needs to stop losing his mind all the time, but I like him too. But there's a group, small group of guys that I think when they're healthy, they're just almost unguardable if they put their mind to it. Yeah, if you're a FanDuel user, uh, daily fantasy, and you had A.J. Green last night, 28 points from your wide receiver. That's big when you get that many points from your wide receiver. Uh, and, again, 10 receptions, 173 yards. Dolphins just having a problem covering wide receivers um, each and every week. You know, last week Terrell Pryor was made to look like uh, he'd been doing this for quite some time in the league. And then, you know, it's just a weekend week uh, out thing with, with the Dolphins. And they've just got so many problems. And it's starting with the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, uh, pedestrian numbers yesterday. I mean, is it really him or can we deflect some of the blame from Ryan Tannehill? How much should he shoulder on this? Well, I mean, the quarterback always gets a little bit too much credit and a little bit too much blame. I mean, at the end of the day, I know he's your leader and all that stuff, but you know, for an offense to fail as miserably as their offense has failed, I mean, unless he threw six picks like our friend Fitzpatrick the week before, it's hard to put it all on the quarterback in that game. I mean, you know, was he good? Not necessarily, but, you know, 15 to 25, 189, I mean, I don't know. It's just average. It's not like they ran the ball only 13 times. They only attempted 13 rushings attempts that's terrible i mean it wasn't like this game was a blowout from the jump because the bengals by the way you're talking fantasy football what if you had the bengals kicker last night he made five field goals yeah outstanding um he came up big in that one kicking those yeah five but i'm field saying goals, you know so. there's a game it's 10-7 at the end of the first quarter it's 16-7 at the half that's just a normal nfl football game there's no reason for you to not be attempting to rush the football they had 13 rushing attempts in that game the Bengals tried 37 rushing attempts, which, by the way, only netted them 77 yards. But the point but is, but they kept at it. They kept at it. Yeah, it, so. I mean, it's amazing. I don't, I don't really understand what's going there. Listen, Emil, if you three things you would do right now with the Dolphins franchise just to help them out and get them in the right direction. Well, okay, I'd take those uniforms first, and I'd have a bonfire Texas A&M <laughs> style. That's number one. <laughs> First, okay. yes. Let's First. Get right down to business. Get to burning. <laughs> right down to business. I'd get the equipment guys, and I'd say, listen, I don't want to trace that those ever existed. You find every friggin' one in the building and put yeah, it in this pile grief. over here. 
and then I'd light yeah. it. Okay, but then after we did that, and, and we stay away from it because it's warm down there. We don't need the heat. Um, mm. I, 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 you got to look at the the management group. You know, the GM. I mean, the GM picks the players. Okay, you you, you can't keep in professional football, especially college. You can do this. You can keep firing the coach because most college coaches at big programs have control of of the personnel. You know what I'm saying? They're picking the players. In this case. The coach is, is the cook, and you know the, the GM brings you the ingredients. The ingredients obviously stink. So you right. have to look at, you know, and then I guess the other thing is, and you might know more about this than me, but from a distance, there has to be something going on there with ownership. Um, now, you can't get rid of the um, yeah, owner. Yeah, usually. I mean, you always got to go to the top, right? So something's up. Yeah, but how do I fix that? You're asking me to fix it, but see, that that to me is – it's a top-down problem. Sure, I can fix the GM, but who's going to pick the GM? Most likely the owner, right? Yeah, is it a talent problem for the Dolphins? I mean, I, I don't even know what. Listen, they have enough on that roster, in my opinion, and I don't know their line, their de- offensive line enough. I do know what they have defensively. Um, you know, because I don't watch a ton of their games as intently. I don't know all their offensive linemen, but I know they drafted Tunsil. I. I can't imagine it's the worst offensive line in the league. So that said, they should have enough there to be competitive. I mean, is Tannehill a top 15 quarterback? Probably not. But is he atrocious to the point of you you shouldn't be able to move the football? No. Um, they have mm-hmm. some guys that should be able to have some success running the ball. Ajay, is that how you say his name, the kid from Boise State? Yeah. I mean, he got six carries last night. He got 33 yards. I mean, small sample, but that's five and a half yards a carry. I, I think he's talented enough. Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, they have some guys that can catch the football. I don't know. To me, they should be competitive. Yeah, well, that is what they aren't right now. And in, in a division with a New England Patriots team that's done nothing but win without Tom Brady under center, and he's due to come back next week, Like uh, the division, we're, we're four games in. The division's already gone for you, a division title. So now you're fighting oh. for a wild card already as a Miami Dolphin. So it's just well, uh, it's you it's sound crazy. like a fan. Let's let's be honest. I know we can't predict the whole season. The chances of the Dolphins actually be involved being involved in the wild card conversation, even though it's early, and teams have easily come back from one and three. But watching the way they're play playing, it's slim and none. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, even the even the Jets look like they might be something, despite what went down in Kansas City last week. Um, you've got Baltimore starting off well, and everyone knows Pittsburgh's going to do something, and Cincinnati's a solid football team that's just, you know, had a little bit of a tough schedule. Um, someone's got to win that South Division. Denver looks like they're going to be pretty good with a quarterback that people still trying to figure out what his name is. And then you've got Kansas City. So, I, I mean, if four well, games in, he, if kind of, they're, yeah, out, they're yeah. out of the race. And here's the other thing. The, the schedule makers – and I don't even care who you're playing, but where you're playing, have done them no favors. The Dolphins now go on a homestand that's unusual in professional football. They're going to play home four weeks in a row, and they have a bye week. So they're not leaving Miami until November 13th. They have three home games, a bye, and another home game. Now you say, that's great. They can get back into it. Sure, they can go 3-1. and one. Let's, say they go, let's say they go 3-1, and one, and they get to 4-4. Four mm-hmm. and four. The back end of their schedule, on the flip side, They've got five road games, which include trips to New York and Buffalo in December and Baltimore in December. You're not doing a team from South Florida any favor sending them up here in December against those kind of teams. 
So you're it's going to be hard for them to get you're the wild card. schedule race. guy, I noticed. I don't care who you're playing. Schedule. I care where you're playing, Chad. You and I have talked about it. who you're playing becomes more of who's playing that day. You know, um, guys get hurt. I can't tell you. The Bills may be horrible by December, but here's the thing. Playing in Buffalo in December, especially for Miami, has never really been con- really kind to them. No. Um, and especially with the way this team's playing, I, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be unkind to them. So that's where you are, Dolphin fans, as you wake up here on a Friday morning. Um, you haven't even hit the weekend yet, and your team's, team's already sitting there with a fat L for the weekend. So, um, you know, you know I'm you so go. giddy this morning. I'm in a survivor pool, and I took Cincinnati. So my week's done. I'm in. I'm on till next week. on to next week. Well, how about that? Well, good for you. I'm sure all the local Miami Dolphin fans down here feel all types of really, you know, happy and all that good stuff for you that you could, uh, you know, have yourself a win at their expense. They're just so happy for you, Emil. What else is on the docket that we need to talk about? I mean, how much can we talk about Houston winning 42-14 to last night? Um, how about that Houston-Louisville game that's coming down the pike? Of course, you know, depending on what happens this weekend, because there is a big game for Louisville this weekend, that Houston-Louisville game's looking huge, too. Well, yeah, it's going to be huge regardless, even if, if Louisville were to take a loss this weekend. I mean, they'll probably be a one, I would think, you never know, but probably a one-loss team at that point. I mean, somebody else, I guess, could clip them, but even if they were to take a loss this weekend, you know, it's going to be big for both teams. Um, you know, Louisville still be probably in contention, for the ACC at that point, and Houston's going to have designs on getting into the playoffs. So, I mean, it's going to be a big game. I mean, it's working out nicely that Louisville, Clemson, Houston, I mean, a lot of these teams are going to start knocking each other off. So they might get lucky this year with the playoff and not have too, too much controversy. Well, look, two things are really great for the ACC right now is the way that Louisville is playing um, and then the University of Miami getting, you know, getting back into the fold here. You know, they're still – need to get into the meat and bones of their schedule. But uh, coming out and looking good, that's a boost for the conference. You know, North Carolina is supposed to be good. Florida State's falling back a little bit. But even Florida State at where they are right now, still um, considered a top program in the country. So, you know, it looks like a good year for the ACC. ACC needs Miami big time. If you look at the way the conference is structured, I mean, Louisville is going to be one of those programs that every couple of years they sneak up and have a good team. But they're not – Chances of them being consistently good like this are not great. But so you got the Atlantic Division has Clemson and Florida State. They're kind of your, your you know your anchor schools there. And then you look for the other programs every every so often to step up and play with them. But then in that Coastal Division, you really need Miami. I mean, you've got Virginia and Duke. Whoopie do. We've talked about Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech's not really what they were years ago. At least they haven't been. Um, North Carolina. You know they're North Carolina. They're, they wait for basketball season. They're not real interested in playing defense down there. I mean they've had a couple mm-hmm. of good teams. It needs Miami, the Coastal Division. It really does. Yeah, I, and well, you know we'll talk about some of uh, these matchups, including Miami, coming up uh, in our college football segment, and then later on when we do talk straight up Miami football here. So there's uh, plenty of you know pretty strong football games that we need to talk to. Uh, talk about and we're going to get into those when we return from our break stay with us it's big time college football talk coming up here on the gridiron stud show right after this
Sure, someone's gone. Winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen-printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.
Big college football games coming up this weekend. And uh, some some kind of crazy lines out there. Some lines that really make you scratch your head, make you wonder. Make you a little nervous. All that good stuff. But that's college football for you, and we love it here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So, Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino, we're going to go through and hop into these things right now, Emil, because, you know, we're always pressed for time here on the Gridiron Stud Show, especially on a football Friday edition. So, hopping through these big matchups, uh, tonight we've got a big one. Stanford and Washington, um, you and I talked in the you know preseason, and we are doing our predictions, our season-long predictions, and both of us were high on Washington. Uh, I know you were as well. I don't know if you were as high as Oh, yeah, I was. I, you, you you weren't as high as me, but you told me I was probably high when I did that show. But, uh, no, no, I was really well, high. Well, uh, did I say that? We're going to have to pull the tape on that one. I did have Washington yeah, no, no. finishing at 9-3. and three. You had him at 10-2. and two. Um, And I've, I had Stanford 9-3 uh, and three being, the, being the, the conference, being the division winner, the North division winner you had Stanford at eight and four so this was really a battle of me versus you on that total pick right there isn't, isn't that what's going down isn't that what's at stake here tonight that's what that's what's at stake we had a few of those this year in the preview show different between pro and college where we had a little bit of a disagreement uh I think one was the San Diego Chargers yeah we're gonna it's gonna take a little time it's time for us to <laughs> sort for that baby out. Yeah, it's going to take a little time for us to sort that one out. Uh, you know, no doubt about it. But um, that is a big game. I, you know, I for Stanford, this is a tough spot. You look at, I mean, if they win this game, you, you're, I'm going to be very impressed. They started with USC, and I understand. Believe me, I've done my my beating on USC, but they're still USC, and they went and they beat them. Then they went to UCLA. Uh, they took care of their business last week, and now they go on another road trip to Washington. Uh, I almost made this a pick for the show, but I didn't. I have a gut feeling the tank mm-hmm. may be a little bit empty here for Stanford today. They, their offense isn't what it was. I mean, it, basically it's all McCaffrey. They don't seem to be able to really throw the ball that much, and Washington has a hell of a defense. I This could be a very low-scoring game, but I, I kind of see Washington taking this, Chad. Yeah, well, I did make a pick on this game, so uh, we're just going to have to stay tuned on that one. It's a very interesting matchup, though. Geez, um, I wonder who you picked. You made a whole – I don't want to rain on your parade. Didn't you say that to me last week or a couple weeks ago when I took Mississippi State? Well, I'm not going to rain on your parade, but I'd be surprised if you take LSU. <laughs> you could be surprised if you want to, but everyone, everyone who knows, and you should know these yourself that there are two things. There's a season-long prediction, and then there are the week-to-week predictions, which are based really on the information as it flows. So there you go, my friend. Don't get yourself okay. so hopped up uh, that you really think you know that much. You may not indeed know that much. So we'll find out well when it is that I make my pick on this thing. Next big one, uh, University of Miami versus Georgia Tech. Uh, Emil, you have to be impressed with the way the University of Miami has started off the season. Yes, the first couple of games were against some total and complete cupcakes, and they handled the cupcakes the way you're supposed to handle cupcakes, devoured them. And then you had the Appalachian State game. Everyone high on Appalachian State because of what they were able to do, take Tennessee to the brink, uh, to overtime in that opening game of the season. And then Miami just really destroyed them. From the word go, it was all University of Miami. So you have to be impressed with them heading into this game against Georgia Tech. Now, 
The big deal here is that this is one week ahead against the ahead of the big matchup against Florida State, and Miami is a solid touchdown favorite in this game against Georgia Tech. What do you feel? Seven and a half, this? actually, if you're looking right now. Yeah, so you know you got a hook to deal with on the end of that thing. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm a closet Miami fan. I tend to like teams from places I like to be, as you can tell. And Miami's a mm. city I like the culture. So I, I and you know you went there. So I'm a closet Hurricane fan. Uh, I like what they're doing so far, and I have a pick on the game. So I'm not going to go too much into it, but I do like. I told you last year, Rick may not be the guy who eventually gets them back to the very top, but I think he'll set that program in a very good direction and depending on how long he stays. He's a really solid football coach. Along the lines, by the way, of a guy who got fired last week, Les Miles. Say what you want about the Mad Hatter, another guy like a Rick, solid football coach. You know, everybody Rick didn't win enough for Georgia, but he was if you go look at his record there, pretty damn impressive for the fifteen or sixteen years he was there. Yeah, you know, I don't uh pick University of Miami football games, so um, you know, I'm gonna refrain from you know, making a pick on this one. I just want to see them play really solid football right here. Mark Rick played Georgia Tech every year at Georgia. So to say that, you know, he uh, is familiar with this team would be one big understatement, and that that has to play into something here. Ohio State, um, they're back home, and, you know, this is after totally beating up on Oklahoma and then having a bye, and now they've got lowly Rutgers there. Can they get up for this game, Amol? they got to cover 38 points. They got to be all the way up, pretty much. Well, yeah, I don't. I, that's one of those where I tend to, when they get this ridiculous, unless I really have a, you know, a, a good inkling that a team's coming out with fire in their eyes, I leave them alone. I mean, could Ohio State beat Rutgers by 38? If they're, if they feel like it, they probably could. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hard, you know, unless unless you really have a pulse on Ohio State that I don't. I just don't see how you come up with, with with an accurate prediction when the line gets that crazy. Rutgers really isn't. I mean, they're two and two. They're not that bad. That, you know, like you said, we don't know because Iowa plays boring football sometimes. So, you know, I don't know if that score last week was a function of Iowa or them. But they hung in there with Iowa early in the year, though they lost by 35 at Washington. And I think Ohio State's got better players than Washington, so so they could easily lose this game by 50 if Ohio State's up to it. Right, all right. Um, yeah, yeah, agree with you on that one. I, I'd need a real motivating factor to back Ohio State yeah. in this one, and I'm with you. Sure, they could. They're 38 points, probably better than Rutgers, but I need a, I need a real, I need them pissed off to even uh, support this in that fashion. Yeah. These are, this is not a ranked football game. Neither one of these teams are ranked. I just found it interesting. Notre Dame's one and three, traveling to Syracuse, who's two and two. Um, Odds, odds makers still believing in Notre Dame. They're ten and a half point road favorite in this contest. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about this game. I got to pick on it. Um, amazingly, you know, I keep, I keep going back to p- try to pick Notre Dame games and get a pulse for this team one way or the other. Uh, I, I think I have it this week. I feel pretty good about it, but we'll see when I get to it. Yeah, I mean, they believe in them. They, they're ten and a half point favorites, but it opened at thirteen. So the public and the, and the sharpies don't believe in Notre Dame because they bet this thing down to ten and a half really quick. They gobbled up those 13 points. Yeah, you know, um, not touching Notre Dame football games anymore. Been burned twice, not messing with it. So leave that to the next man. Um, yeah. You, you know, Which is me. Is probably a game. 
this is probably a game Notre Dame will run away and win, you know, just simply because, just because that's that's them. I'm not going to spend any time at all, Emil, talking about Alcorn State versus number 20 Arkansas. I'm going to skip that. Baylor uh, traveling to Iowa State. Uh, not much talk has been going on about Baylor. You know, in years past, obviously, when Broyles was there, um, you know, Bryles, I mean, we, we, we talked a lot about Baylor. They've just been operating in complete silence. They're a 4-0 football team and beat up on Oklahoma State last week. Do they have anything for Iowa State ahead of a bye? Are there any motivational factors here for them to cover this number against Iowa State, which currently stands at 17? I don't know. That that line to me looks fishy. I don't think it's high enough, believe it or not, on the road. Uh, so it, it gives me pause, a little concern, uh, that they may not be focused coming off the Oklahoma State win because Iowa State's a 1-3 and three football team. Uh, you know, lost by 21 at home to TCU. Uh, I mean, at TCU, lost by 39 at Iowa. Now they're home with Baylor. They're only, I know oh, that sounds funny, only getting 17. It makes me kind of raise an eyebrow. I think Baylor's quietly positioning themselves to win this conference, and I told you last week, I believe it was, that I think in a short-term uh, type of deal, the interim coach may work out because he seems to be a little more concerned with defense than, than Bryles' group was, but long-term, you know, the, the, I think losing Bryles will change the trajectory of this program in the long term, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're not even, there isn't even a, a discussion right now with this football team. Um, and, and like I said, it's week in, week out, and no one's really talking about it. Let's talk about Texas versus Oklahoma State. It seemed like weeks ago uh, that Texas last played a football game. It was only two weeks ago. They are coming off of a bye, a loss and a bye, two things I like combined for a team uh, when they're coming back. Oklahoma State, not what you know people thought they were going to be, two and two football team right now. They, too, are coming off of a, a loss last week. Like I said, got handled by Baylor. Um, had to come up with some last-minute stuff against Pittsburgh to get a win two weeks ago, and then the week before that they had the uh, embarrassing last-minute loss that shouldn't have been against Central Michigan. Oklahoma State not seeming like a really strong team right now, yet, Emil, they are the favorites in this contest, uh, contest against Texas, who's had two weeks to prepare. Well, I think what what, what has you know the odds makers a little bit favoring Oklahoma State is the fear of you know seeing what Cal's offense did when Texas was on the road, and also really what Notre Dame did. I mean, both two teams that hung over 40 points on Texas. Um, and Oklahoma State can score like that, but then again, you know, you look at Oklahoma State, they're not exactly uh, reminding you of the steel curtain. So I think Texas can score. This is a hard game for me to handicap. The number's not enough to say that I want to support Texas for an outright win. I mean, if you force me to pick a team, I'd probably be on Texas here, but... Until I see more consistency, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's what Charlie Strong is known for, it's going to be hard for me to support Texas consistently. Yeah, you know, uh, I just don't like the way Oklahoma State's playing football right now. And, again, Texas off of the loss with two weeks to prepare. I'm just going to lean in their direction right here, even as an underdog. Uh, I like Texas in this one. But here we are. We have an unranked team favorite against uh, a ranked team, so who knows where you go with that. Uh, Florida, one of your picks to make it to the playoffs this year, coming off of a, a crazy loss, a come-from-behind loss, if you can say that, against Tennessee last week. Need to 
you know, lick their wounds and get back on the horse. All those, uh, all those other cliches you want to throw at it. They're on the road at Vanderbilt, who, you know, doesn't do a whole bunch of winning year in year out, but always a tough out for teams that don't have their minds right heading into Nashville. What do you think about this one? Well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, the, Vanderbilt's one of those teams that they can be pesky, and you, you know, you're concerned again. Going back to my little schedule, I see Florida mm-hmm. coming off what. Is a big loss for them last week, and then they have LSU, you know, another team that's you know a nationally recognized team for a long time. Mm-hmm. Next week, and in between, they got to make this little road trip to Vanderbilt. And uh, you know, could I see Florida winning this game 31-7? Sure. Could I see them struggling and winning a 16-13 game? Yeah. So you, I'm I'm hard pressed to come up with a side from a point a point spread perspective. Well, you know, my hands are up in the air on this one. And just a reminder for those listening right now, we'll have Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com coming up uh, during the next hour to talk a little bit more in depth about uh, the Florida Gators and this particular matchup this week against Vanderbilt. So I'll just leave it at that. Sliding along here, Illinois uh, and your boy Lovey Smith got to travel to Nebraska to take on the Corn the Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers rolling at 4-0. and You were high on the Cornhuskers before the season started. Well, I thought they'd be improved. I mean, you know, you saw last year little inklings that they could be improved. They lost some weird games. They they made some games against Michigan State where they could have quit at the end with the ball and no timeouts in a minute, and they went down and drove the field and won. Stuff like that kind of gives you a hint that, you know, Riley might have them headed in the right direction. Now, again, the Oregon win we're going to have to discount a little bit because as we get more information, we say, well, we know Oregon, while while the name recognition is there, may not be what Oregon was based on what how they've done. So, you know, I think the back half of Nebraska's schedule will will tell the tale of the 2016 Huskers when when they, you know they get into playing the Wisconsin's and some of those those type of deals on the road. Um they could easily roll into that game 7 and 0 cuz they have Illinois, Indiana, and Purdue all in a row. I I don't expect them to lose this game. If you're asking me on the 21 points, yeah, I'd probably lay them if I had to. I I think this could be blowout city. Yeah, um, I'm, and I'm right there with you on this. Uh, you know, I'm just not feeling Illinois football right now, and Nebraska seems to be rolling. No reason I can see for them to fall off on that. Uh, very interesting game here for me. Florida State's ranked 12th, okay? Um, went into their game South Florida last week after the embarrassing 63-20 loss to Louisville and started off right away giving up big plays and touchdowns, not exactly the way you wanted to see them coming out. So, in my mind, Florida State has a problem defensively. You know, they've got a defensive problem, um, and this is the wrong team to have a defensive problem against. And here we are, odds makers have made Florida State a 10.5-point favorite in this contest. I'm wondering, is this a trap, or is this – you know, Florida State still living off of name brand, which has been a high lately. North Carolina seeing this and wondering about this disrespect. I think we're in for, you know, an exciting back-and-forth tough football game for Florida State. Could be, but you know what concerns me is, yeah, Florida State has a defensive problem, but they don't have an offensive problem necessarily. And mm-hmm. North Carolina's always had a defensive problem. They specialize mm-hmm. in defensive problems. They gave up 28 to James Madison, a subdivision team, and almost 500 yards of offense, by the way. They gave up 36 to Pitt last week in a 37-36 win. 
it makes me very hesitant to back North Carolina, especially after Florida State went on the road and beat up a pretty good South Florida team last week. Um, they may be feeling pretty good about themselves and, and you know getting themselves back into it, but I can't make a pick on the game because it's the week before the Miami game. So I wouldn't side with anybody in this game. I, I just don't yeah, know I the mean, mindset of Florida State. Yeah, some interesting points that you made there, um, and, and that was a part that you know made me pause on this one, is that North Carolina just refuses to play any kind of defense. I do think, though, Emil, we're headed for a pretty excited game between these two because on the on Florida State side, um, 34 points given up to Mississippi. Yeah, you held Charleston Southern, who sat 20-something, 30 guys in their game to eight points, 63 to Louisville. And then despite the fact that you beat up South Florida last week, you gave up 35 points to the Bulls. Um, so there's something going on there, and I think both of these teams bringing in weak defenses. We might see a great deal of amount of points scored in this contest. Um, here's a, here's another interesting one, Tennessee. Um they're get, listen, I was in that town, Emil. Uh, we talked about it on Monday in Knoxville. As you go through that city after this win, they won the Super Bowl. Like, they won the national championship. They won the most important of anything you could ever win. And it's Friday, and Tennessee fans are still tagging me on post on Twitter. And if the team is anything like the fans – where they are just still thinking about Florida, they may get their heads cut off by Georgia. Now, the only thing that bothered me about, I was just all so looking forward to taking Georgia in this game because it just set up nicely. Georgia completely embarrassed last week, back home, needing to, you know, some redemption. And then Tennessee coming in here high, having done something they haven't done in 11 years. Um, and then, you know, the odds makers messed it up for me. They only made Tennessee a three-point favorite here. Anything around four, four and a half or more, I think I'd have been all over Georgia as an official pick. Uh, I've got a pick on this game. I think you're off. I think there's a hook on that, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's three and a half right now. I've got a pick on this game, and uh, we'll take a look at it in that in that respect. I hear what you're saying with Tennessee. I don't know why you're worried about being tagged on post, because what you need to do is stop writing your own trash talk and just use the stuff that's out there. You tell the Tennessee fans you can't spell citrus without a U and a T. <laughs> well, that one's been used already. I know it has. Um, so why reinvent the wheel? It's been used. Just yeah, pull true. it out of the the box and say, here, like the old ball coach said. <laughs> Listen, man, I've been entertained by Tennessee fans for a good four or five days now. Um, they've They've kept me laughing left and right. So, you know, kudos to them. Just watch out for Ugga, boys. Uh, they're coming, uh, whether you knew that or not. Tennessee does have another game, and it's uh, tomorrow at 3:30. Um, yeah, so I would have I would have gone Georgia if it, if it was anywhere like I said around four, four and a half, or anything up like that. I thought Tennessee might be five and a half, six in the game, but man, um, eh, oddsmakers played it safe. That opened it at three, I guess, and as you say, it's at three and a half. So. Um, you know, I'm going to lean ever so slightly towards Georgia in this one, especially with that hook being there. Maybe it's a game where Tennessee has to come from behind and hit a late field goal and win by two or three points in this contest. All right, big one in the Big Ten, Wisconsin and Michigan. Fishy line here, Amol. Wisconsin's 4-0. Wisconsin has beaten LSU, all right, which is hey, not as big a feat now as people would have said coming in. And then they completely mashed Michigan State on the road last week, Amol. 30-6, to six, two big wins so early in the season, and they're 10.5-point underdogs versus Michigan. It's one of those lines that really make me scratch my head because, you know what, Michigan hasn't played anyone big time yet, if, unless you want to call Colorado that, and they had their struggles in that game. 
So why would they be this big a favorite? All of that points to me saying, you know what, let me ride with Michigan. Somebody knows something. Well, it at least got me off the game. I was ready to make Wisconsin a pick, and then all those things you said came into my mind, and I started looking at this game and said, you know, there's a few things. You know, you're asking Wisconsin to get up for for back-to-back games that are big games, not just get up to beat a team that you have more talent than. That's different. They they got up for a Michigan State team that has at least the same amount of equal talent as them, and they blew them out. And now they're going to a Michigan team where, you know, if I compare the rosters, I'm going to say Michigan's got better players. And here's the thing of it. The, the stuff that Michigan struggles with defensively, I'm not sure Wisconsin does that well. Um, mm. You know, Wisconsin likes to get in there, play the game in a phone booth, and, and kind of beat you up. And I think Michigan is prepared for that type of game. I mean, that's that's always been Harbaugh's M.O. with his teams. So I'm not sure Wisconsin can do enough stuff offensively uh, in this game against Michigan, and if they can't, you know, this could be just a grind it out where you look up at the end and the final score is 30 to 13, Michigan. So I'm going to stay away from this game, and I'm like you. Yeah, the I think line Michigan's been, almost. Yeah, Michigan's been dying for this kind of football game uh, where they can prove their worth, and here they are. They have it. I think they'll step up to it. Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin might be a little bit too high off of their big blowout win against Michigan State, may have too high of an opinion of themselves coming into this game. Texas A&M and South Carolina, I hit you up during the week and said, hey, man, I think Texas A&M's got a real legit shot at winning the West. And one of the big reasons that I said that is that they were flying under the radar. Yeah, no one's really talking that much about Texas A&M, and I see they have a talented roster. Well, when I look at this game, it seems like that might, you know, a little bit be a little bit out of the window and things are reversing in the opposite direction. Texas A&M's got a big game next week against Tennessee. Ahead of that, they're on the road against South Carolina, which, listen, I don't care how South Carolina's playing. Uh, Williams-Brice Stadium is a tough environment for anyone, and Texas A&M's going in there as a 17-and-a-half point favorite. I personally don't like it, Amy. I think that's too many points. Um, for a Texas A&M team that may not be fully focused on the Gamecocks? Well, a couple things. South Carolina plays some decent defense. I mean, here's the scores of South Carolina games this year. 13-10, 14-27, 20-15, 10-17. So they don't move the ball much, and that's evidence. They get less than 300 yards a game of offense, which in today's college game is ridiculous. Uh, mm. But they, they play pretty decent defense, and you're asking a team, to, like you said, before a big game, go in there and win this game by three touchdowns, which which tells me that they might they would need help. South Carolina's got to turn the ball over. If South Carolina plays a conservative game, plays to their strengths, takes care of the football, you know, you could see A&M walk out of here with like a 24-10 win where they're not really in trouble of losing, but they're not going to blow them out. So I would lay, lay off this game or take the points and, and, you know, hold your breath. Yeah, I almost made South Carolina a pick, so that – just kind of tells you where I am on this one. I think this will be a good old-fashioned Will Muschamp-type football game. Play it close, play it conservative, uh, limit the possessions for Texas A&M, making it very difficult for them to roll up a bunch of points. I mean, Texas A&M coming off of a big uh, win off of Arkansas, and like I said, got Tennessee next week. I don't see uh, the real motivating factor for them to go out and cover a number this big in this one. In the Big 12, Oklahoma and TCU. I believe TCU was your winner of this uh, conference preseason. And they're taking on uh, your boys. Yeah, there in Oklahoma. but as things change, I don't, I don't know how I like that pick now. Looking at what's been going on, but uh, yeah, they were my my winner. I thought that they'd uh, they'd be better this year. I mean, and they could still be. You know, I mean, listen, they they just haven't played up to what I thought they would. 
Yeah, um, and, and I agree with you on that. But what what do you say about an Oklahoma team that finds themselves in a very strange position of being below 500 right now at one and two? They might be, be they might be more battle tested uh, coming into this game than a TCU, which could help them here. Oklahoma is the favorite on the road in this one. That's another crazy one. That that and and that may be a little bit of that whole. Uh, you know, name recognition thing. There's still Oklahoma and TCU, still TCU. Uh, I'm concerned that Oklahoma comes into this game with a week, you know, an extra week to prepare for TCU. But TCU essentially had a bye week last week anyway. They played SMU. So, I mean, I'm sure they looked at some Oklahoma stuff <laughs> as they prepared for that game. Sure. Um, so I would probably side with with the home dog here getting over three points. Uh, you're 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 asking a you know an Oklahoma team that if anything their psyche's got to be a little shaken to go into a tough place against a quality program for the last decade and you know and and, and not only win the game but win it you know by more than three points you know so I don't know I don't like that for Oklahoma this year. Yeah, um, only one more game really uh, on the schedule. Really getting into and uh, talking about, and that's Incarnate Word taking on Texas State here on uh, Saturday night. What do you think of that matchup? Uh, Just messing with you there, friend. If you know something know. about that, you're a complete degenerate. <laughs> And can no longer operate on this show. Let me just let you know that right but now. There's no. not even a line on that game. I mean, you can't even be a degenerate. There's not I even just, a line. I don't even. What is Incarnate Ward? Is that like a college or something? What is that? That thing is something bad that you call someone that's screwing up. Yeah. An incarnate Ward. Like something my uh, mother called me when I was a kid. <laughs> that's you word incarnate, incarnate Ward, you. I'm like, what? Yeah, versus Texas State. Uh, expect a sellout crowd for that one. ACC, big-time matchup, Louisville versus Clemson. Uh, it's one of my picks. Is it one of yours? No, it almost became one of mine because I think I think the odds makers, and I can't wait to hear your pick because I have no idea where you're going with it. But for me, I look at when I looked at this, and I said, I was like, tap the brakes, guys. Tap the brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know they're excited about what – what they did to Florida State, but we, you and I, saw Florida State coming. We just, we, both of us had said this program is in decline, and I'm not going to cheapen the win. They, they, they dominate them in every phase, and Clemson has looked bored at times this year. Unimpressive six-point wins against Auburn and Troy, but see, I kind of think this is the type of game Clemson's been looking for. I mean. Everybody had them in the playoff before the year started, and sometimes that's dangerous for for a seasoned team. They, they they get a little lackadaisical. I think this will bring out the best in Clemson at home, and uh, getting points just makes it that much better. I would take I, I would I would be all over Clemson in this one. Well, so I good. Can't wait to hear um, what you say? Yes. All right. Well, now is that time, and we're going to do our college football picks. So why don't we do that? So we'll run it. We'll run down through it now. You're up first, and then I'll go next. I'm going to go first. Okay, going into this Yeah, you got a little background college. music there, too, new here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Oh, a little background so, music. Wow. Yeah, a little background wow. music. Wow, is there candlelight? Um, going Not into this week, you're 6-6 six six in college, and I'm 4-8. Yeah. So I've got some work. I'm going to start off uh, with the team that you hate picking, and I do, too. But for some reason, I think the odds makers are really getting crazy here. I'm taking Notre Dame minus 10.5 against Syracuse. Syracuse, God bless you. They're not a good football team, but they're they're just they're beyond even Duke bad. I I mean, Syracuse is just not a good football team, and Notre Dame 
at some point, you know, I don't think they're going 2-10. and 10. They've got a right to ship there. They've got too much talent to be losing games to, to Duke, okay? And I think if that didn't fire them up to blow out Syracuse this week, then it, you can say goodbye to Brian Kelly because he's lost that program. Um, right. I just see this game getting crazy, like Notre Dame 45-20, something like that. Yeah, you know, like I said, um, it, the line's crazy. Probably one of these games where Notre Dame wins. Trust me, I'm not the authority on Notre Dame. I've been all types of wrong when it comes to the fighting Irish. What's the next one that you got? The other one, I'm going against my uh, my rooting interest here. I, okay. I want Miami to win this game, but I don't like this spot for Miami at all. I mean, we saw Georgia Tech look horrible against Clemson on Thursday night. They had 10 days to get ready for Miami. Miami's got Florida State on deck. They're 3-0. and They're feeling good about themselves. I think this becomes a very tight football game. Um, somebody wins it by a field goal. I have a feeling it's going to be nip and tuck. Uh, maybe even more of a defensive game than people imagine because Miami's been looking to run the ball this year. Uh, I'm going to grab seven and a half with Georgia Tech at home. I think this is a spot that you can can take them and feel pretty good about it. Okay, and finally, finally, you know, I'm I'm looking at that game and I'm sorry, uh, I just don't see how Tennessee has their heads right for this game this week. Um, they've got Texas on A and M, I believe, on deck next. They just beat Florida, as you said, going absolutely crazy. You swear to God they won the Southeast Conference or the National Championship. And they're going to watch film of Mississippi just taking Georgia apart last week. I mean, taking them apart. And it's going to be hard for them to have their heads right in this game. And Georgia's a proud program. And Kirby Smart is a, is a solid football coach. I, I just can't see Georgia rolling over and playing dead at home. Uh, I'm going to take three and a half points in the Bulldogs against Tennessee. Uh, I'm calling for the out right here. I think uh, Tennessee gets a little uh, a dose of reality this week down between the hedges. Yeah, well, you know, it's like I told you. Uh, the only thing that kept me away from this game was the line being a little bit lower than I liked. Maybe I was just being picky, but this sets up so well. Uh, Georgia completely embarrassed by Mississippi. They've got to be a proud program. If there's any ounce of pride in there, they come out with their hair on fire. Tennessee completely, totally satisfied um, in coming out and beating a Florida team. And it took a second-half comeback to accomplish that. So you're sitting here wondering which team is Tennessee, the one that was getting manhandled by Florida in the first half, or the one that showed all the guts and glory to come back and, and put up 38 unanswered. So you don't really know even what you're dealing with. Uh, I just think Georgia is going to be the more motivated team in this contest. So those are your picks. Notre Dame, 10.5. Georgia Tech, uh, 7.5 point underdog. And uh, Uga, is that 3.5? You're getting on that. Getting three and a hook. I like those hooks. Yeah, I know. Hooks work well, especially when it comes down to a kick. So here's where I am. Uh, let's first start off with that game tonight that you just thought so well that you knew me and which way I was going to go as Stanford takes on Washington. You're just so smart, Emil. You just know everything that I'm going to do. I'm going to take Washington minus three in this game against Stanford. That's where I'm standing on this one. Um, yeah, okay, well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, how about that, huh? Um, listen, I think this line is priced the way that it needs to be. Washington's playing very good football. Stanford, like you said. And really, I'm doing this, and it's, it has a lot to do with a lot of the reasons that you said, man. The tank might be empty right here for Stanford in this contest. Um, you know, they had themselves, uh, uh, you know, USC and UCLA back-to-back weeks. Um, pretty solid wins. 
um, they may not have enough energy in this one to take on a Washington team that really is playing very, very good football. They're doing everything that people expected them to do coming into this season. This is a home game. We know what the atmosphere is like up there in Seattle. So I like Washington in this contest. If you like them to win, you like this line. It's only three. So unless it comes down to a kicker and there's some kind of a push, um, I like Washington as a small three-point favorite in this game. And, again, that game is tonight. Keeping it rolling along. Um, USC. Look at this line, Emil. There's nothing here to suggest that USC could win this game, let alone cover 10 points. I mean, USC, wow. everyone is telling you what a disaster USC is right now. They got beat Ten and a half, Utah. by the way, buddy. Ten, Ten and, and a half. half. Even that, that makes it even more of a case. Um, you get beat by Utah. You get handled by Stanford. You got completely crushed by an Alabama team that's not one of the best Alabama teams in the last four or five years. Um, no reason to think USC would even win this game. Somebody decided to make them a ten-and-a-half-point favorite. Highly suspicious of a line like that. I'm going to back USC. And Arizona State's in a big revenge uh, mode here. They got completely slapped around um, in this meeting last year. It doesn't matter to me, Amol. For some reason, USC's a 10.5-point favorite, and who am I to argue? I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to take your Trojans and say that the team that played in that first half up the way through the middle of the third quarter is a team that's going to show up for this one. And I think they kind of like playing Arizona State ever since they got punched in the eye. Um, by Arizona State. You know, remember the Kiffins fired game? Um, USC uh, fired up to take on Arizona State. They need a big win after back-to-back losses. I think they go out and just completely destroy Arizona State. Brave man. You're going with the Trojans. Okay. I'm rolling with it. This is completely and totally line-based, too, by the way. Um, Sure. So that's where I'm at. And then another one uh, with a peculiar line is the big matchup on Saturday night. As Louisville takes on Clemson in his big ACC matchup, Amo, this is Clemson that went all the way down to the final deal last year. I mean, how dare they make them home underdogs against Louisville? With this quarterback that's come out of nowhere, that bugs me. I'm going to back Louisville in this contest. Again, wow. One of those where I, I somebody like a little line-based play. I like this. A line-based play, man, because, listen, Clemson is Clemson. And maybe there's something to be said for the way Clemson has started off this season. Um, and it just looks like they've been sleepwalking, whatever. They played Georgia Tech. Should have been more points put up in that contest. Something's going on with Clemson. We're going to find out exactly what that is when Lamar Jackson and the boys from Louisville come to town. Um, is Clemson going to play them better than Florida State? What? Listen, that's not saying much. I think we're going to have a really great game on our hands. In the end, though, Lamar Jackson right now is flowing and just may have one more trick in his sleeve than Deshaun Watson and Clemson. I'm backing Louisville in this crazy line of them uh, being a road favorite in this contest. That's where I am, man. That's where I'm going. So I got Washington, Washington minus tonight. three, USC mm-hmm. Trojans minus ten and a half, and Louisville minus two. And by the way, on the Louisville pick, I do agree with with one thing. I think, well, not agree here. I think you have an advantage on the sidelines in that game uh, with Petrino versus uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, as far as his ability, I think. Petrino's an underrated coach. Yeah. Um, well, 
You may maybe not so much after this year, and I'm, that's a tough one to say because Dabo Sweeney's done his thing. But maybe you're right. Yeah, we're gonna find out. I'm all uh, that's. I'm really excited for that game. Listen, NFL time coming up. You got the picks. The picks are in for college football. Now we need to talk some NFL. We're gonna talk about that uh, when we get back. It's fantasy focus time. It's NFL picks time. When we get back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, stay with us. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning? Dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Macho Man Randy Savage is not a happy, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference, yeah. I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top for you. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Come on. All right, folks, let's talk right now. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will blow this man out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. I'm on a roll. 13-3. 13-3 my last 16 on games of my life. On Saturday, two-team NFL. Parlay over. I thought so far the bad. I knocked him out. I knocked the man out last week. Listen, 
Nothing cracks me up more than that Stu Finer role, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean that people, Amo, listen to that every week and dial that man to 900 number and gave him money. Absolutely, positively. Unbelievable. Yeah, you like oh, I knocked Stu, him huh? out. Unbelievable. Stu is just the best. Uh, Stu and Macho Man together. Uh, I could put that on a roll for an entire eight hours and listen to that. You know what? If you're ever falling asleep on a long drive across uh, state, town, whatever, which, you know, I find myself in quite a bit each week, I think I need to put that on a continuous loop. Stu Finer, Macho Man, and just roll it in my ears. It's the best cup of coffee that you could possibly have. All right. Um, fantasy football is running the show. Uh, so far as in the NFL, it's brought in a whole bunch of new eyeballs to the game of football that may not have followed it otherwise. They're not even following teams anymore, Emil. They're more interested in the individuals that are playing in the games. I guess it's a sign of the times. But nevertheless, FanDuel, uh, Daily Fantasy has been one of the big names in fantasy football, and they continue to be that fantasy football growing big time, and FanDuel a big part of that. And they've got some great things going on right now. You can go in, you can create your own league. You can invite whoever you want to invite, some friends, some trash-talking friends, and people around the cooler that think they know football. You can have them put their money where their mouth is. You can create your own fantasy football league. Uh, And you can do it week to week. It doesn't have to be a season-long thing. So no season-long commitment. You can do that right now with FanDuel. As well as if you're a new uh, to the fantasy football thing, you know, you keep hearing people talking about it and you want to jump into this thing. Fantasy football has beginner contests for you. Uh, I mean, FanDuel has beginner contests for you. So go check them out right now. FanDuel.com. Use the promo code Gridiron Studs and uh, you can f- get yourself a nice little bonus to get yourself going here on fantasy football at FanDuel. So let's talk about fantasy football focus. We picked three players last week. Emil, uh you pick three, I pick three. And uh, let's see how we did here. Who's going first, me or you? Do you have my three written down? I think I do have your three written down right here. I, uh, starting off here, I think you went with uh, Michael Crabtree. You went with Crabtree uh, from Oakland. Crabtree from the Oakland Raiders last week, right? Yeah. I have not, on my regular a, team. Crabtree went for eight receptions and 102 yards last week. Not, not a not bad a, pick because you didn't pay a, a fortune for, for Crabtree. Yeah, yeah, definitely a value pick on that one. Um, and you know what? In this, it is. It, it listen. It's a big time passing league. But I don't know about you. Picking wide receivers is get difficult um, in daily fantasy. You know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you'll pick a guy and he just draws coverage, and someone else picks up the slack, and your guy doesn't really get much. Which kind of what happened to me last week with Travis Benjamin was not as productive. He was one of my picks last week. Not as productive as in week weeks past. I mean, caught some, but uh, didn't find the end zone, um, didn't have the big plays that were needed. I only generated, while your Crabtree generated 14.2 points at FanDuel, Travis Benjamin, who's cheap, by the way, only generated 8.2. Decent, but, you know, you want more out of that. Um, One of the other picks, you went with quarterback Marcus Mariota. Um, he He had a day for you there, picking up 22 points at FanDuel. Which is surprising because if you're looking at it, you know, he, he, you know, how'd they score that? He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He ran for one, I guess. No, nothing. I mean, what, 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 did, what did we get 22 points from? He had 214 yards passing. 
I was ready to say well, it wasn't the greatest pick in the world. Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe my math is off, and you should be doing the math because you're the accountant on this thing. So, you well, know, well I yeah, I think you up. may be awful, but uh, I was actually disappointed here with Mariota. They lost this game 17-10 to the Raiders. The Raiders, the first couple weeks of the year, had no interest in playing defense, but all of a sudden, you know, in rolls Tennessee, and, uh, you know, this guy can't throw the ball. He's 17 of 33, which in today's league, I think, you know, I could send you out there and you complete 50% of your passes with these rules. Threw for 214 yards, a couple of picks, uh, three rushes, 22 yards, no touchdowns either way, running or throwing. So that was, uh, you know, that was one I was actually going to apologize for. Not one of my better ones, but Crabtree offset him a little bit. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, definitely. Um, you you made up for it right there in terms of a, a value play. Still trying to look up the the you know exactly what Mariota did there because I it, I realize that I am off in this one. Um, points in this contest. Oh, yeah, you're looking at what he actually, yeah. Yeah, still still looking it up. So I'll have to I mean, get I'm back figuring, to I mean, I mean, well, you know, based based with the inter, the penalty uh, for interceptions, I'm guessing six point eight, six point eight. He did. Yeah, I was gonna say it's six points so, because not quite twenty two there, Emil. No, no, your eyes. Not, you better get those bifocals. You're in your forties. Oh, there we go. We're, the Mr. Sarcastic, yeah. All right, I got you on that one. Um, I went with Andrew Luck last week. Um, it just seemed like the right thing to do, Emil. Go with Andrew Luck. You're playing San Diego's, um, you know, not-so-hot defense. I thought this would be a high-scoring game. And, you know, um, by and large, it was indeed that. So um, he turned in a decent day, Emil. Let's, let's, let's talk about the numbers for Mr. Luck in that, uh, you know, what was he was the final 24 score? of 37, 331 yards. He had a touchdown right. and a pick. You know, that I mean, that's a good day. Yeah, Andrew Luck, though, you know, is known to throw more touchdowns in a football game. Uh, only came up with one. Good amount of passing yards in that contest. So it worked out for you there. And what your final pick was uh, the D- Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah, not one of your better okay. ones, my friend. Yeah, uh, I think I think Cleveland. I could have did a little better. That, that, that was that was one of the most disappointing plays of the day for me. I, I sat there, I looked at what they did in terms of you know coming into this game, playing a Cleveland team starting Cody Kessler. I'm thinking to myself, come on, if you can't, they did anything but shut them down. I mean, they had a kick to win the football game. Literally had a kick to win the football game. Uh, the Browns did their kicker on the day was three of six. He was high school version of uh, kicking. So at the end of the day, the Dolphins ended up winning this game in overtime, 30 to 24. Their defense did nothing for you. Sorry, folks. Yeah, um, I couldn't be happier about my last pick. It was probably the pick of the week. I took Kansas City's defense, and uh, not only did they pick Fitzpatrick off one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, six times they picked off. Mr. Fitzpatrick, they ran some of those bad boys back into the end zone, too. When you can pick up 35 FanDuel points with your defense, you're doing something big. So uh, really happy about that one. It's something for me to you know, go ahead and break my arm, patting myself on the back for. You know what yeah. FanDuel does, too, also? They will what email you each you? week, and they'll tell you uh, the perfect fantasy lineup. So running through this really quick, last week the perfect fantasy lineup was uh, at quarterback Trevor Simeon. Picked up mm-hmm. 28.98 points. He only cost you $6,700. LaShawn McCoy at running back, 25 points. Carlos High, 25 points. Marvin Jones, 
with the Detroit Lions. Who's that guy? Picked up 35 points. He went off against Green Bay. Emmanuel Sanders cried all week about not getting the ball. He got the ball uh, in this contest um, and picked up 28 points. And then your guy, Terrell Pryor, much to your chagrin, going against the Dolphins secondary, picked up 27 points. For tight end, it was Zach Miller for Chicago, 23 points. Always great when you can get that out of uh, a tight end. And then the kicker from Washington, Dustin Hopkins, picked up 19 points against the Giants. And then, you know, as we said, the defense for Kansas City picked up 35 points. So who are your three – what are your three picks this week? Okay, well, I'm going to start. You know, again, we, you know, our, our our thing, we try to do value. I mean, we're just, you know, I mean, you, anybody can give you the can, top of sure. the board. Uh, I'm going to start with a guy who's been flying under the radar but is, is having a little bit of a renaissance down there where we don't know any other players. I'm going to take mm. DeMarco Murray with uh, Tennessee. Yeah, you know, Murray, you know, he left Dallas. He went to Philly, didn't work out there. It didn't work out for a lot of people in Philly, as we can see, because the Eagles are much better without Chip Kelly. Uh, mm-hmm. He's down here in Tennessee. They're going to play the Texans. Texans just got a dose of bad news. J.J. Watt probably out for the season. Uh, they, they can't be feeling great about themselves. Uh, Tennessee seems to have a real affinity for running the football and sticking with running the football. Murray went for over 100 yards last week. Um, you know, I, I figure him to get a touchdown here somewhere in the game, hopefully from close in. And he has some success on the ground. I think, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that won't cost you a fortune and I think may be quite productive on Sunday. Yeah, on FanDuel, he's going to cost you 7100 bucks. Um, you know, not bottom basement, but not the high end either. I'm going high end on running back, and I'm going to pick Lamar Miller in this one. Didn't uh, produce last week. A lot of that having to do with the fact that they didn't really give – Lamar Miller to football, I think against Tennessee, they're going to probably want to get back to the ground game and not put the entire game on the back of some dude named Osweiler. So I think um, the Texans get back to running the ball and let Lamar Miller do a little bit more of his work there. So I kind of like him in this one. And, you know, FanDuel is going to cost you 8200 to get this guy. But I think he's out and ready to produce uh, in this contest. I just think it sets up for him. Who's your next pick? Lamar Miller. Excellent. Um, okay, my next pick is a guy that, you know, is not a quarterback you think of uh, as one of the greats when the, when the names pop up. But in this matchup, I like him. I like Kirk Cousins. Um, he played well last week. Um, he's thrown for almost 1,000 yards so far in three games. The Browns seem to be just, you know, even when they should win a game like last week in Miami, they figure a way to roll a high school kicker out there and go 3-6 and lose the game. Um, right. They have to be dejected. They're going to Washington. Redskins need to get back into this division race. They can't afford to lose to the Browns, so I figure they're going to be throwing that ball all over the yard, and I expect Cousins to have a big day doing it. So you don't make much out of the quote-unquote dissension in the locker room about him? No big deal? You think that's BS? Well, you know, it's funny. All these people inside these kind of teams that are dysfunctional always want to go right after the quarterback, and my, my first you saw probably saw what I wrote when that came out a couple of weeks. I put put the story up. Let's see. The Redskins defense gave up 38 to the Steelers, 27 to the Cowboys, and even in a win last week, 27 to the Giants. They might want to look at the other side of the ball for their problems because that's 92 points in three games. That's 31 points a game. That's not going to win you a lot of games in the NFL. Uh, No, no, and I'm kind of with you because, you know, Kirk – you know, they're letting them throw the ball around. So that gives you opportunities 
um, with Kirk Cousins. So, you know, probably a solid pick on that one. I'm going to go to wide receiver, man. And, you know, you got to go with the, with the Jones kid out of Detroit. I mean, he's, he, last week he put up big numbers. But when you go back and look, they've been throwing this kid to football. And until someone shows that they're going to put some coverage on this guy and find a way to stop him, I'm going to just roll with it. Uh, you know, Calvin Johnson's gone. This is Matthew Stafford's new Calvin Johnson. I might be crazy, but for now, let's ride with it uh, until he gets really super high-priced right. team starts shutting him down. And, he, you know, it's going to cost you um, 7600 which, by the way, is the same amount Kirk Cousins is going to cost you at, on FanDuel. So 7600 bucks on FanDuel for, for, for Mr. Jones there with the Detroit Lions. I'm going to back him. Uh, once again this week, what's your final one? My final one is uh, Simeon, the Denver quarterback. Do you, you see the final Solid. score in that Bucks game last week? I mean, thirty-seven, thirty-two against the Rams. Yeah, huh? I mean, um, that yeah, was interesting. I mean, that the Rams could roll up them kind of point. I mean, a season's worth of points against the Bucks. Listen, I, I thought the Rams going into that game last week might not have outscored the Dodgers, who the night before scored 14 in Colorado. I, I think uh, I, I have nothing to say. I mean, I don't know what Tampa's doing down there. Maybe it was an off week, but I want to find out. This kid seems to be coming into his own. Obviously, John Elway knows how to pick quarterbacks. Uh, and, you know, whether they win or lose the game, I don't know. Maybe Winston goes nuts and, and Tampa wins the game 31-28. I don't know, but I, I, I just – I think Denver will move the ball versus Tampa. He's not going to cost you a fortune. Again, that's kind of where I'm looking here. I mean, I'm not going to just toss out Aaron Rodgers for you. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't want to do that. And real quick, let me let me try and get you a figure on Mr. Simeon, who's probably going to start growing uh, in terms of what you need to pay for this kid as the season goes along. But you know, until until that point, yeah, it it, it makes sense for you to kind of put a saddle on this guy and ride with it. I don't have that number right there in front of me, but I can't imagine that it's, you know, quite that high. Um, he was a great pick last week. I'm going to finally, I, you know, and I've been a defense guy. You know, I coach defense. That's what I played. So I'm going to ride defense on this one. I'm going to go with Houston. Um, Houston's got a battle back here. Um, they're getting Tennessee, and everyone knows just how uh, impotent, uh, if I could use that word, Tennessee has been offensively and uh, you know you're getting a motivated um, Texans team and it starts with defense with them can we agree with that well Tennessee might bring a single pack down there on on Houston you know what I'm saying yeah there there you go I mean I I think they travel with one football the Tennessee Titans this is how much they're not getting it done on offense so um, Texans shut out on national TV last week they got to respond they're a defensive first kind of team right now and I think that's going to be the big unit that shows up Titans uh, stroll into this game yeah off of a loss but I'm not expecting they're not they're not getting it done offensively to be to say the least 10 points against the Raiders 16 against the Lions if you're only scoring 16 points against the Lions you got issues and 16 against the Vikings so I'm going to back the Houston Texans in this one so that's our fantasy uh, football focus sponsored by FanDuel again you can head over to FanDuel.com and get yourself set up over there use the promo code gridiron studs and you can start off with a nice little bonus at FanDuel.com. All right, finally, Amol, we're not going to go through the individual games here. I don't want to bore anyone to death. We and I need to make some picks, so let's talk about what we did last week and hop into what we think is going to happen this week. Well, last week we both rolled out one and two weeks in the NFL, so you're you're sitting at five and four in your NFL pick so far through three weeks. I'm sitting at four and five as we roll into week number four 
in the National Football League. Did I do that <laughs> there right? You, go. you can, couldn't help yourself there. But, yes, nevertheless, help that's, that's where we are. All right, I'm going to jump up here first and, uh, you know, make, make my selections because that's how this thing goes here uh, when we're in the NFL part of this thing. So here we go. Um, Carolina, got to be a mad football team. Right now, Emil, you listen, you and I both think, you know, Carolina's going to do something. Right now, they're a one-and-two football team. Are they playing their best football? No, but they it should be noted. They have played the Broncos. Um, they've played the 49ers, not the toughest team. Uh, and then the Vikings. They've lost to two very good football teams in the Broncos and the Vikings. Um, now they're taking on a divisional opponent. They've got to step up. They've got to play really good football here. And the Falcons are coming off of uh, a primetime Monday night win over the, over the New Orleans Saints. I don't think the Falcons are going to be at their best here. So I'm going to back the Panthers as three point favorites on the road in this contest. My next pick, I'm going to take, listen, I haven't been drinking. I just need to say that up front. I'm going to back the Cleveland Browns in their game against the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are coming off of a huge divisional, very emotional win over the New York Giants. The Redskins are a one and two football team. Okay, let's not forget that. And this is still the NFL. And uh, you know what? Cleveland showed me something fighting last week against the Miami Dolphins. So maybe they can't win a football game right now, but they're still fighting. They don't know that they suck yet, just to use one of your lines. Uh, only yes. four weeks in. They still think they have a shot. I think they're going to play hard football right here. Um, and, again, they could catch the Redskins napping uh, as they come off of that big road win against the Giants. So I think I'm getting seven and a half there. Am I correct, Mr. Account? You're getting seven and a half. Seven and a half. So I'm going to roll with Cleveland. And then the flip side of that, I'm going to back the New York Giants in this contest. So much talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think almost too much talk right now. Sam Bradford is this great guy when six you know weeks ago people were wondering if he should still be playing in the league. I get it. He's doing better. He's doing well with the Minnesota Vikings. But I saw a little bit of what I was talking about last week happen in the game last week. Um, they found a way to cover Stephon Diggs. He's your own real. He's the only real weapon you have right now. Defenses are going to change without – uh, you know Peterson back there. Um, yes, Peterson wasn't going nuts, but it you know they that's because teams had to do a little something on defense to defend that. I don't think you're going to really see that anymore. I think Minnesota's going to be limited. The Giants are a solid football team. They're catching I think five in this contest. I like a really good Giants two and one Giants football team as an underdog of five in this Monday night contest. So I'm going to take the New York Giants. Can't I can't argue with any of the logic on your picks. You're rolling with the Carolina Panthers minus three. Yeah, I know how to talk Browns, these picks up, baby. I can sell this stuff to anyone. Okay. No, I the New York Browns. Giants plus five. I mean that line's been inflated. I'll tell you what, I almost made my Cowboys a pick in the, this segment, but I didn't want you to call me a homer. I like yeah, the fact that and was I definitely would have. Well, I looked at the fact that the line's been driven down to two. And uh, I like Bryant actually being out of this game, getting that line being driven down, because I think the one thing a rookie quarterback has done for the Cowboys, it's forced the rest of that team to focus and up their game, knowing that they may have to help this kid, although he hasn't seemed like he needed it. But that length of the trip is going to cause me to make that my fourth pick, which I won't make official. I'll throw that out. Here's my three official ones. The first one, I have to hold my nose. Okay, you ready? I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Plus two How about that? So you see my Cleveland Browns pick, and you raise Jacksonville. We're going. We're going yeah, you know Jacksonville was a darling coming into the, the the season, and maybe they went in a little full of themselves, thinking they were better than they were, forgetting that they won whatever it was, five or six games probably last year. Well, that shine has been wiped from them. They they got off. They have. They don't have a win yet. Uh, the Colts roll in here. The Colts are just 
not a complete football team. They're not a good football team, in my opinion. They're Andrew Luck and his merry men. Um, they're being mm. asked to win this game on the road. I think Jacksonville will take some umbrage with that. They want to get out, you know, in the right side, you know, the left side, I should say, the win column, mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. in 2016, and I think they will here. Uh, I'm calling for the Jags to win this game, obviously, outright, if I'm only getting two and a half, so I'll take them. Uh, next, the L.A. Rams are 2-1. and one. Did you know that? And they scored 37 points that? last week. How about them Rams? How about them Rams, right? And the Arizona Cardinals got dominated at Buffalo and they're one and two. But somehow, I look at this line, and the Cardinals are eight-point favorites. Kind of tells me something. Tells me that they're not buying the Rams two and one, and Arizona's probably got a lot more talent. They're one and two, and they're kind of in the shoes of your Panthers. You don't really want to go to one and three. They need a win, uh, and I think they're going to get it in a big way here. I, I really see the wheels coming off in this game. One of those games where the Rams just start kicking the ball around and turning it over out in the desert. I like the Cardinals blowout fashion here. Let's call it like 37-17 Cardinals. Big win. How dare you speak about the Rams in such a fashion here on this show. You must be out of your mind. You and I are both kind of positive. I I like the Rams a little bit, but uh, I can't support them in this spot. Um, You're a Los Angeles guy. I am. What can I say? I'm like you. You should. You're a closet Rams fan. Admit it. Yeah, I get it. I I do. What's your last pick? Uh, Okay. Lastly, you know, anybody who watched the Eagles dismantle the Steelers last week, uh, yeah, the Eagles played very well. I was impressed with their defense, really was. Uh, that was more impressive to me. But they also saw the Steelers have some issues, um, especially on the defensive side of the football. They can't get pressure on the quarterback. They, they, they struggle there. The, the back end of their defense seems like it's been bad now for four or five years, unlike the old Steeler teams. Mm. And they mm-hmm. come home. Everybody figures they're mad. I'm sure they are mad, but guess what? They're playing a very good, well-coached Kansas City Chiefs football team that plays some decent defense themselves. Picked off Ryan Fitzpatrick six times. I'm getting five points. I'm going to take the five points. I just don't see the Steelers ready to blow anybody out right now. I think the Steelers need to get some things fixed, and it's early in the season. They can, but in this spot, I like the Chiefs. If they don't win the game outright, I think they'll be there all night. So I'm going to take I'm going to take them. So my three picks are the Jacksonville Jaguars plus two and a half, Arizona Cardinals minus eight, Kansas City Chiefs plus five. And there you have it. That's an NFL wrap, my friend. We got a fantasy football focus in. We've got almost three very hot picks that uh, you know are going to just absolutely crush the bookmaker. Okay, should we play the Stu Finer again? No, I won't do it to it. Play him again. Then you play got my again. picks. No, I can't do it. Should I, I'm going to send you out with the Stu Finer. How about that? Uh, I'm going to turn you into uh, a talking head scamney capper. All right, How so about let's that one? talk right now. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will blow this man. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, you're going to rip the throat maker out. The, the, did you hear that? The throat maker. You're going to rip the throat out of the bookmaker uh, with those three hot picks. I've got my picks in. All the picks are in. Uh, and that includes the fantasy football focus. So we're done with you. Isn't that right? Don't we get to kick you out of here? Yeah, everybody have, have a good weekend. Up. Enjoy your football for the next, uh, well, what, four days, really. You get it on Monday, but we'll talk to you on Monday. So three days until we talk to you again. So have a good weekend. That's it. Amo Calamino's out. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com to talk Gators football. Gators taking on Vanderbilt. We'll be right back right after this. Just be the self-self-rich man. 
just to all you high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Squidironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Wicked tones, you know. What? Metro Boomin wants some more, nigga. 11:23 here on the East Coast, more specifically down here in the state of Florida. And speaking of Florida, it is time to talk Florida Gators football with my next guest. It is Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. GatorCountry.com, uh, the authority out there on Gators. Uh, all things Florida Gators, not just football, but you got a basketball season coming up, um, and you've got all kinds of sports going on, and Gator Country is right there to cover it for you. Nick, what's the attitude and mood of the team that gave up 38 straight and let the Vols come back on them last week? It, it sounds uglier every time I hear it, 38 yeah. straight. Um, 38 straight. I would hope that the mood of the defense is uh, – you know, time to redeem ourselves. The mood of Florida is confident. They're playing uh, a Vanderbilt team that's two and two, uh, a Vanderbilt team that lost to the Fighting Mush Champs earlier in the year. They gave them a, a big lead, so uh, hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a confident team. My question is, you're almost playing another opponent. You're playing at noon on the road in a small stadium that won't be filled up. To me, that can lead to complacency, and that's uh, almost an entirely another opponent that you have to play against on Saturday on top of playing Vanderbilt. Um, you can't come out and let that environment affect you and bring your energy down and then play down to the level of your opponent. Anyone guaranteeing any wins this week? We, talk, we, we did not talk to uh, anyone that guaranteed a win this week, uh, including the new uh, athletic director, Scott Strickland. He did not guarantee a win. No, uh, there okay. was no mention of ducks or trucks or anything like that this week. Very quiet week. Yeah, very quiet week. You know, I was uh, I went looking for it, kind of, sort of, and then found this quote last year ahead of the Tennessee game from one Quincy Wilson. Um, they haven't beaten us in ten years, and we're looking forward to keeping that going. I mean, that's that's like a guarantee there as well. I didn't hear much about mm-hmm. that last year, but this 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 year, this thing. Uh, with the whole guarantee still going on. Tennessee volunteer fans are a mob. Do you understand that? They are still going. Yeah. It's Friday. They've got UGA tomorrow, and they're still going on Florida fans and anyone Florida that they can find on Twitter. How about that? I'm surprised they haven't, like, put in a, a request and just have a bye week this week, just push the season back so they get they can have, like, a full 14 days of this. They but really I don't, I don't should. I not ending anytime soon. My notifications are just running through of, of – me just quoting players and coaches just keeps running through. I get Tennessee fans who I mentioned daily. Yeah, um, clear this up for the novice fan out there. Florida just lost to Tennessee. Obviously, both are in the East. So, what matters going forward here? Uh, is it just the standings 
for each team against East opponents, or is it an entire SEC um, schedule? So, you know, if Tennessee goes out and loses a game to a West team, does that help Florida out in terms of winning the Eastern division of the SEC? So it starts off with just your SEC record. Mm-hmm. Um, that's against East and West. So if you look at Florida's schedule, um, you've got Missouri, LSU, uh, the rest of the East, and then you've got LSU and Arkansas still on the schedule. Tennessee's about to go through a gauntlet. Um, they're at Georgia this week, at Texas A&M the following week, and then host Alabama. I don't see them going through, um, going through that unscathed. So then you have to mm-hmm. worry about getting into tiebreakers when there's two team tiebreakers, three team tiebreakers. Uh, the first two team tiebreaker, Florida's out because it's head to head competition. So if it's a two team tie between Florida and Tennessee, they're out. Uh, and then that goes down into seven different categories, breaking it down. Um, and then three team tiebreaker as well, which is probably where Florida would get help if, if Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee were all tied Yeah, like, top so let, let me year. lay this scenario out to you. Tennessee beats Florida. Florida goes and beats Georgia, but Georgia beats Tennessee this weekend. What gives in that situation if, if, that, if, if they continue to win, so if they, you know, everything if else? All, if all the teams end with the same amount of – with the same win-loss in the SEC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it can but, actually get all the way down to a coin flip if you, if you, if wow. you make it through all of these. Uh, but it would be combined head-to-head record uh, among the tied teams, record of the tied teams within the division, um, head-to-head competition would – no, that wouldn't work because you have everyone beating everyone there. Yeah, it'd cancel itself out. Now, isn't there a rule or did they change this about, you know, the team that's that has had the most amount of time of not going to the SEC championship is the team that goes – is that is that still a rule? Does that still exist? So, like, if Tennessee hadn't been there in the longest amount of time, aren't they the ones that would go? No, I, I thought don't think that that's was it. a rule. It gets, no, it gets down to uh, the coin flip is the last one, um, and then the best cumulative conference winning per, winning percentage of non-divisional opponents. Good grief! Let me uh, write that one down. It is yeah that that is the the second to last tiebreaker, but nothing about who hasn't been there. Um, in the longest. It, it's all record against um, divisional teams. Your, the divisional, the cross-divisional teams record against the rest of the SEC, that's a way to narrow people down. It gets, it, it gets complicated uh, once you get into three or more teams tied. All right, so basically you're a Florida Gators fan. You need uh, Tennessee to go slip on a banana peel this week against an angry Georgia team, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Then you need Florida, them to go Florida drop at least one Tennessee of these. To win too. Yeah, they, they, they're thinking if we went out, if Florida wins out, Tennessee loses two, uh, Florida's back in, back in Georgia, back in Atlanta. Yeah, pretty much how you're looking at it. And it's something that could happen when you got Texas A&M, who's playing pretty damn good football right now, and Alabama also coming up on the schedule for Tennessee. If Tennessee can fly through these next three weeks, then it's looking pretty good for the volunteers. But let's talk about this week. Um, if you just look at it from, you know, a distance, Georgia was three sheets to the wind. They were tissue paper last week against Ole Miss. No reason to think that they can do anything against um, the very Tennessee team that scored 38 straight points on uh, – of you know, what was a vaunted Florida defense, it looks like on paper this is one hell of a mismatch. But you and I have been 
um, looking at this college football thing for a while now. And when you have a proud program like Georgia, embarrassed last week, and a Tennessee team literally drunk and high off of moonshine, those that's like a perfect storm <laughs> for an upset. Do you believe that could happen here? I, I do believe it could happen. Um, you know, it, it really – I think Georgia's kind of going to go the way that Jacob Eason goes when they come into these games. I, I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball 50 times. You're, you're going to have to ask your freshman quarterback to make some plays. So does he respond? What does Jacob Eason do? Um, and obviously Georgia's season also is going to hinge on uh, Mr. Chubb and, uh, and how long he stays healthy with how much he's mm-hmm. carrying the ball. Yeah, and they've had some problems running the football, oddly enough. Getting back to Florida, um, you know, there's been much talk about several things that went on in the game. What would you what would you attribute most to the second half collapse? Uh, I think there, there's going to be a couple things. Uh, so, really, I think on offense, when you come out 21 to three, you're feeling pretty good about your about your defense, and you're still trying to create those second and third and manageables that we talked about uh, before the game with Austin Appleby. Mm-hmm. Now your offensive line is not getting a push, so that run on first down, now you're in second and ten. And it's, okay, well, if we run the ball and pick up three, that's better than, you know, third and seven is better than third and ten. So you try to do it again, now you're in third and ten. Okay, quick three and out. Tennessee comes down. Uh, you were in the stadium. After that first yeah. touchdown they scored in the second half, it, Mega the loud. place woke up. The place woke up. In the first half, we were doing a Rocky Top, the song, Counter. There were four in the first half, and the game finished with 18. Mm. The place just woke up in the second half. And I think Florida comes out after that touchdown. Now it's 21 to 10, and, okay, you try to do the same thing. It's, okay, if we can just get into a second and manageable for Austin Appleby, pick up a first down, start taking some clock off, quiet the fans a little bit, and it doesn't happen. It's a three and out and they score again. And now the place is, is a madhouse. Um, so yeah, those fans yeah. were savage. They <laughs> absolutely were. were. I, I mean, I was there two the, years uh, ago, and they weren't, uh, they weren't as powerful as they were this last Saturday. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. The home field advantage was in full kick uh, last Saturday. And then, and then on defense, um, Jalen Tabor slips. That just, that just turns into a 67-yard touchdown. Um, Duke Dawson got beat a couple times. I think what we saw in the first half where there were some drops, five drops in the first half, three of them mm-hmm. would have been a first down, one of them would have been a touchdown, um, and, and maybe maybe because of the drops, Tennessee had a good game plan. We just didn't realize it in the first half because of mm-hmm. self-inflicted wounds. Right, right, exactly. Um, a little nerves, whatever, uh, pressure, whatever. They didn't feel it, – it almost feels like – Florida going up 21 to 3 took all the pressure off of Tennessee. I mean, Florida might have been better served to go in up 10-3 or 10-6 or something closer. Um it's like Tennessee went at halftime like we've got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, almost and maybe, you know, uh Quincy said uh, guys seem lax in the locker room. So maybe even, you know, that was the worst thing, or best thing that could have happened to Tennessee and the worst thing that could have happened to Florida. Now you get into the locker room it's just like, oh, Everything our coaches told us was going to work, uh, worked. So we'll just keep doing that, and you know we'll coast through this second half. And they they really didn't have an answer once they got punched in the mouth to start the second half. Yeah, I don't I don't know where you were in 2008, Nick, and you'll have to let us know. But um, as we all know, in 2008, 
Florida lost that game to Ole Miss, close game. That was the Tebow crying uh, press conference where he just let everyone know that you would not see a more focused and dedicated football team from the rest of the way. And by golly, um, the man absolutely delivered on on you know on that type of rhetoric right there. As Florida went out and just completely destroyed. Um, everyone they faced, which included an LSU team that year that was ranked fourth, and Florida went out and beat them 51-21. Does this team have that kind of, uh, you know, rest of the season in them? Can you see that in this team, anything close to that? Um, Was that 2008? I was a freshman in college that year, I think. So Mm -hmm. it would be – do they have that run in them? I, I don't know. I need to see. Uh, they obviously don't have Tim Tebow. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie Panera wears that jersey. I think it's a couple sizes, couple sizes smaller now. Yeah. Um, I, I need to see how they respond this week. Like I, like I said, but it, it's easy to get complacent. This is this is by far the smallest stadium that that Florida will play in this year. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's almost a tough environment to play in because it's not anything like you're used to playing. In. You just play in front of 102,000 people last week. You're gonna play in front of 44 this week. Um, so right. I need to see how they come out. Is uh, Austin Appleby's not your long-term answer? Um, Luke Del Rio's an emergency option at quarterback this week. But what does the team do? Do do you respond and come out and win this game, 38 nothing, 38 to three? Or do you let Vanderbilt hang around like you did last year? You let Vanderbilt hang around, and all of a sudden you need a late field goal from Austin Harden to win the game. Um, Mm -hmm. So I need to see Florida go in, punch Vanderbilt early, step on their throat, and and just keep them out of it. By halftime, the score, you know, one of those games where third quarter, you're taking the starters out and and you're putting in uh, freshmen, sophomores to, to finish the game. Yeah, I guess this will tell you a lot about what, you know, Florida's going to be like down the stretch here. You know, if they can come out off of what just happened there and really, really respond, you know, if you're a Florida Gators fan, you can feel good about uh, what you think your team will do the rest of the way. Obviously, you got a really big game coming up next week uh, against LSU that's, at home. That's the other so, thing. Yeah, you're totally focused on Vanderbilt yeah, or are you thinking ahead? Right. And you're coming off a huge emotional game against Tennessee. Um, and it's less miles or not, you you have LSU next week. And Sam Shins is tiny little Vanderbilt that we probably don't need to worry about too much. We can just show yeah, up all our helmets true. out there. True. Let me ask you this question, and we'll kind of end on this. Um, LSU, more dangerous right now with less miles gone or uh, with less miles there still coming along? I think, in general, more dangerous without Les Miles. But against Florida, Les Miles always knew when to call one of those uh, fake kicks, fake punts that seemed to be mm-hmm. a touchdown every time he called it. Uh, but I think more dangerous with Coach O there. Um, mm-hmm. You've got a sense that LSU is playing for Les Miles um, mm-hmm. because that's a coach that they love. You had a sense that, you know, after Will Muschamp was fired, that Florida was playing for him to send him off the right way. Uh, I think you've got a mix of that. And also, uh, Ed Orgeron has gone in and, and, and changed everything up. He, he did this at USC where, hey, I'm not here for a long time, so I'm here for a good time. He, he's bringing fun back to practice. Guys are having a good time at LSU practice. Um, so I think there's a mixture of, hey, we're having fun. We like Coach O. 
we're also playing for Les Miles, the guy that we came to this school for. Um, we're playing for him as well. So I think that's going to be a dangerous LSU team. Um, and then another noon kickoff, which Florida, you know, will have this week and, and something they haven't been great with. They haven't done a great job handling. Had to take FAU, the fighting Owls, to overtime last year uh, at a noon kickoff. Yeah, it's time to time to get right on those particular games, those noon games, because like it or not, um, you know, it's coming at you. And I think LSU might be a, even, you know, less predictable um, with with Ogeron there uh, as, a, as opposed yeah. to Les Miles. Because that was one of the big deals, you know, pretty predictable, especially offensively, uh, LSU with Les Miles at the helm and Cam Cameron calling his shots. Hey, before I let you go, man, your high school alma mater is a mighty – Mighty 24-point underdog tonight against Bishop Gorman. Slap in the face, or is that deserved? Like, is Gorman really that team, and they're going to run your high school boys all the way through the desert back down here to sunny South Florida? Where can I get that, where can I get that point spread? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, really it's Pinko's. Uh, I do understand that there's some, <laughs> online, um, there's some online casinos that offer, oddly enough, you know, spreads on – high school football game. So from that standpoint, I think it's closer to 16 or 17 points. But either way you're looking at it, I can't remember, Man. recall, uh, any time when St. Thomas has been an underdog like this in a football game. I don't think ever. It, 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 I, you can go back to, to when Brian Piccolo was playing football, and, and I don't think they were ever an underdog, uh, three-touchdown underdog. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, so I guess people really think that much about – Bishop Gorman, and again, you know, I'll be talking high school football coming up here um, in the next segment, so it'll be interesting to see what my guest, Joshua Wilson, thinks about that. But as always, Nick, thanks for coming on, talking Gators football here with us on the Gridiron Stud Show. Appreciate it, Chad. All right. Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com talking Gators versus Vanderbilt this week. Can they pick themselves up off the mat after the disappointing loss to Tennessee? Um, that remains to be seen. Noon kickoff tomorrow, Eastern time for the Florida Gators versus Vanderbilt. Going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's time to talk high school football here on the Gridiron Stud Show, Florida high school football. We'll be right back right after this. I was good on my own, that's the way it was That's the way it was You was good on the low for a faded I'm so faded love What the f*** you complain Football season's here and you want yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis and a little intelligence. You can do that or you can do this and listen to this. Hey, call me now. I've got the tough plays for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you. The entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1-800-238-I-WIN. 1-800-238-I-WIN. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos. That are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show. Every Friday, 10 a.m., Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. 
Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m., Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. See you there. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! on a football Friday edition. We've already covered college football. Gave our, our picks. And just to recap that, Amo likes Notre Dame this weekend. Uh, you know, I'm done with Notre Dame football. I'm picking Notre Dame, okay? You've been burned, you burned me twice. You burned me on my preseason pick of having you in the playoffs. Uh, you've made a complete disaster and mockery of that pick. Um, not dealing with Notre Dame football, but here he is. He likes them as a ten and a half point favorite. Also likes Georgia Tech over the Hurricanes. I know that won't make many of my listeners very happy, but he likes them as a seven and a half point underdog. And he also likes Georgia in that game against Tennessee in the SEC. Thinks there'll be a little bit of a letdown for the Tennessee Volunteers. He likes Georgia as a three and a half point underdog. I'm riding with Louisville. How about that on the road? That's a crazy line, folks. Louisville as a favorite on the road against Clemson, who brings back their Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. And, uh, you know, he played. They played in the championship game last year. Some odd reason, they are underdogs at home. It just makes me feel like somebody knows something. So I'm going to back Louisville. Taking USC as a 10.5 point. One in three USC is a 10.5 point favorite over someone. Another one of those lines where I think somebody knows something. So I am going to back USC in that crazy one, ten and a half point favorites against Arizona State. And then tonight, tonight there is a game, a good one, as a matter of fact, for a Friday night. Stanford and Washington. I am going to back the Washington Huskies as small three point favorites against Stanford. I think Stanford might be a little bit worn out mentally after back to back wins versus those boys down in LA, UCLA, and USC. So I'm going to back Washington. They're a very good football team this year. All right, but that's enough with the college football. Time to talk. 
high school football, and I already know what's going to dominate the conversation right now with my next guest, who's Joshua Wilson from Florida, hsfootball.com. There is a big high school football game going on tonight, and it involves a very prominent team from uh, not only South Florida, but the state of Florida, and that's St. Thomas Aquinas. You've been around this thing for a while. You definitely know your stuff in high school football in the state of Florida. Have you ever known the boys at St. Thomas Aquinas to be this kind of an underdog in a football game. 24 points, your guy Pinko says, they're underdogs against Bishop Gorman. You know, it, 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 it was actually kind of a surprise to me, to be honest with you, about that, that line when it came out. I looked at it, and I'm like, 24, and I'm like, uh, I'm thinking maybe a little closer than that. But, you know, I, I, I hate to be – I know people are going to hate me here. Because I just, you know, it's a three-hour time change. You have to go out there. You're, 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 you're saying, I know this is the fifth time they're playing the number one team nationally ranked. You know, it's pretty unanimous that Bishop Gorman's number one in the mm-hmm. You know, pretty much across the board in a lot of rankings here. The thing, the thing for me is, is that it, 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 you know, if this was if this was Aquinas playing Bishop Gorman in Fort Lauderdale at Piccolo, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd take Aquinas right off the bat. It's just it's mm. just it's a three hour time change. How how are the how are the kids handling it? And that's my question because if you look at any of the games that with, with Bishop Gorman over the last five over the last five weeks, you will mm-hmm. see yeah teams might be able to keep it close in the first half and Bishop Gorman runs away in the second half, and it's, that's that that trend. And when you look at those trends, you kind of wonder okay are they going to Aquinas can Aquinas stop it or can or is Bishop Gorman going to do the same thing? Of course, you don't well, now, wouldn't you say part of that for Gorman is maybe depth, and that's not something that St. Thomas ever struggles with. They've got depth, so they could play you deep into the fourth quarter and be strong there? I, you, could, you could say that, and I think, you know, it, it, the, the only thing it just it seems like, I don't know what seems to bother me about this a little bit is that, you know, you played Booker T. Washington. You did. You, you blew out Miramar, but then you, you just totally ran away with Hallandale. I'm not sure if that is enough strong competition between those between Booker T. to now to get you ready for what Gorman's been doing five weeks in a row, playing tough right. competitor, tough competitor, tough competitor. So that's that's you know, and that, that's what I'm kind of thinking. You know, and again, that you know, this game being on it's on ESPNU tonight at the, the 10 o'clock our time, Eastern. You know that. Yeah. You know, uh, which it's, 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 I like that part of it. You know, I, I like that part of it. I can get right, home from your, our game and watch it. Yeah, go coach. Yeah, go coach your game, and then you'll be home. <laughs> watch the rest yeah. of the game. There you go. Yeah, that's why I love those West Coast games. You know, when you're up in the middle of the night with nothing to do, um, hey. you got you get yourself a football game. So there you go. Right, I play um, football after dark. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you to gotta love that. So, I don't know. I'm anxious to see, is is Bishop Gorman really this mammoth this team dominant, that people are making know. him out to be? That's You know, that's a lot of pressure, too, for Bishop Gorman now. I mean, this is a strong Aquinas program. It's a proud Aquinas program. And someone's telling you, you should beat them by three-plus touchdowns. I mean, that puts pressure on Bishop Gorman. Pressure on them, you know, and it puts, it, but it, I think it also puts pressure on Aquinas to, to prove that wrong, to, to – to basically mm-hmm. not allow the 24 to get there. And that's the thing. And the whole sense of, you know, Aquinas, you know, this is, you know, I, I think in, in, there, there's still a slim chance because despite the loss to Booker T, I think there's still a slim chance that if Aquinas can beat Gorman, yeah, they could still be in the running for the national championship. But if you're going to have to have a lot of other dominoes fall. 
in that process. So, but you know, yeah. they could get started to reverse the fortune of what happened in week one. You know, reverse that fortune. But the whole the whole thing is it is that tough to win that thing um, yeah. with a loss on your record. Um, right, it, it's, it's even harder than college football out, to pick that up. Right. Yeah, but it, it, I still think the time zone factor has got to be played into here. You know, you, you, the kids are not playing, used to playing three time zones outside their time zone. You know, that's, you know I, I, I have to put that as a factor, and I think that, you know, you've you, you got to wonder, what, what will it do? You know, you put the, let's, let's talk to you – know, it's my advice. If Aquinas should have talked to Coco about that before they left, if that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, well, perhaps they did. You never know. I mean, I'm I'm sure Roger Harriet has his team fully prepared, so he may very well have, you know, talked about that factor. And that's, you know, for all the things Aquinas has done, maybe this is one of the things that they just don't have any experience with, traveling back west and, you know, like you said, um, you know, a totally different time zone that far away. Yes. So, uh, boy, another I mean, big-time matchup down here this this uh, weekend t- tonight um, is Miramar and Flanagan, which, you know, was a, a game on the schedule. Yeah, two teams with close proximity to each other. Yeah, they're district uh, opponents. But there's been, a li- there's been a lot of Twitter chatter between the players on this that's, you know, kind of hyped this thing up and brings back the memory of last year where you had an issue oh, at man, the coin toss between these two teams. And yeah, they, they didn't got, want to shake hands. Someone got, got slapped in the face. You had a 15-yard penalty before you blew the whistle to kick this thing off. This is a this turn. This is a big-time game tonight. It's a big-time game. It's also probably going to be your de facto District 8A12 championship, which that's right there. You know, you know, you know. You look at it. Pinkos has only got planning and as a three-point favorite, so that game could go pretty much either way. I'm thinking it can go much either way as well. I mean. The only one that seems to be really kind of like, okay, Flanagan's just going to kind of win this war, and Miramar's not going to have an edge or anything. It's, it's USA Today and their sport predictor, but I'm just like, you know what? It's a bolt. It, 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 you know, it was contentious last year. We do. They'll do. It's probably the same thing will happen again this year. They'll not want to shake hands. You know, it's all that. You know, it's mm-hmm. at the same time. But you know what? I, I think in the end, you know, it, it's just it's still. You go out there and play the game, and you win it. If you want to be the district champion, go win this game. That's all you have to do. Not that hard. Yeah. Well, okay, sure. Uh, try telling those guys that uh, well, I'm a little I surprised know, by. Know. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by Pinko's um, small number in favor of Flanning, and I thought it'd be something a little deeper than that. Maybe Mr. Pinko's knows something that we don't. So there's another game we gotta, you know, find out. Uh, yeah. Where he's going with that? I thought it'd be like maybe a touchdown or more. I, I thought so. Maybe 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 at least ten points, but not not three, not not a field goal. <laughs> you know, but I'll tell you what. You know, I mean, you look at it. There's, there's you know, that you look at that. You like, well, you know, that's not the only other South Florida matchup. I think we could talk Carroll City and Miami Central here because that's going to be a huge one. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. That's another big one that's coming up tonight, turning out to be uh, that that kind of weekend here. What are your thoughts on that? Carroll City kind of all over the place. Central uh, made us raise our eyebrows a couple weeks ago against Norland. Um, we put them r- right back down pretty quickly last week as they just went through Booker T. Yeah, but, I mean, I- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. If this, we were going to the new, we were going to the new playoff format that, that has actually been approved now. To, you know, mm-hmm. we're starting it this year, not next year. You know, you look at that district and you say, you know what, all four, te- four, all four of those teams likely to qualify for the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. And they likely would because you, you, you look at Norwich things as you do, you look at Carroll City, you look at Central, you look at Northwestern. I mean, it's my goodness. Yeah, I can. I can. Segue as we, as we you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we jump away a little bit from the individual games. That was a very important thing that went down with the FHSAA this week, and I know you've been all over it and on top of it. So, for the fans who aren't as informed about that ruling, can you give us the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of what was ruled on here and how that changes the playoff format in the state of Florida high school football? Well, the ins and outs is that classes five, eight, eight are going to keep their districts. Classes one, eight through four are going to the, the districts are eliminated. The teams can create conferences in those classifications if they want to. They can mix it up. They can have teams from different classifications create a conference and you know be together and you know all that. You know, like how you know similar like to what the Southeastern Football Conference is down there in South Florida and the Gold Coast as well. Um, mm-hmm. the, the thing is, is that it goes to a, the, whole, the whole playoff. The playoff brackets will go to basically everybody's going to earn points for all their ten games, mm-hmm. or however how many games you play. The FHA is going to put a minimum requirement now to qualify for the playoffs. You have to play at least eight games on your schedule right. to qualify, and I think I think that's fair because mm-hmm. really right now all you have to do is play your district games, and that's it. Your darn districts don't matter. Well, now this takes every game into consideration, and you know I think that at that, that point is that you, you, you the, the the goal is bring the best of the best teams into the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. not not somebody who might be playing a bunch of cupcakes or somebody that's one and nine getting in through the back door, you know that those days are over. If you're one and nine, you're not going to the playoffs anymore in this this format. <laughs> I swear, there's going, to, there's going to be another one or nine. There's going to be some one or nine or two and eight teams that are going to do it again this year. But you know, after after this year, it's over. It's it's done. You know because yeah, and you seem you know, to be someone who's 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 very much in favor of uh, this new format. Oh, I'm in favor of this. I'm in favor of this because a lot of the the the, the, the there, there's been so many blowouts in the first round over the last few years. The games are not being competitive. The games are not being. What, what the playoffs should be about, and that's the problem is that you know you you don't go to a playoff game to see the sixty-one nothing blowout. No one does, right? And you know when you, and when someone looks at the thing, and, and I could probably I'll point out like uh, East Side here in Gain, where I'm at in Gainesville, one and nine mm-hmm. was the district runner-up last year. Went to Clay High School in Green Coast Springs last year, and got blown out like sixty-one nothing. It was it was ridiculous. It's like when the fans know that the team is one and nine coming into that game, you think the fans of the other team is going to show up? Probably not. No, because they know it's going to no, win. Especially the longer the trip too, that makes it the worst. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's, what's interesting about this is that teams will earn points. There's four level category points and all this. But all eight classes are going to use the same point system. And what will happen is that they'll, for, in classes one eight through four, right, they'll, they'll, you'll have the teams will be signed into one of four regions based upon their enrollment. And what will happen is that they'll take the top four at large qualifiers from each region to the playoffs. So there'll be sixteen teams going to the playoffs from each class, as it is like it is now. And then in five eight through eight eight, the teams will still have districts. They're going to try to get the district numbers to balance out, so basically that, that, like that 19 district that's down there in Miami in 7A, they may be able mm-hmm. to break that apart because, you know, to get that to get those numbers just balanced out a little bit nicer, you know, so we're, you know, the teams down there can have a few more non-district teams to go schedule, that, you know, would be quality of points, because right now, the points aren't going to matter because, you know, they're not going to be able to, you know, qualify because they're, you know, they're, they're certainly having to play 
eight district games, sure. and they only have two non-districts. So the whole the whole sense of this is that with the going there are no districts in the lower classes, the goal is to bring a lot of these independents back into the state series, which 30-plus mm. 30 schools have already indicated they're going to do just that in the process. And I like where I'm up here and where I'm in Gainesville, we've got two schools now that are in the, in the independent status, and they say, hey, you know, we're ready to come back into this, and this is what's designed for them. So they don't have to play a powerhouse school if they don't want to in the regular season schedule. Not only if they want to qualify, they qualify for the playoffs and want to get into the playoffs and play, and they play that powerhouse, that's a different story. But I can sure. understand where a lot of these small schools are saying, hey, no, okay, I don't want to have to play, you know, I'm sitting, you know, I'm, I'm an Oak Hall which is one of the schools here, I don't want to have to play University Christian, who has dominated in, in class two over the last couple of years. So, you know, yeah, I uh, you'll have people the on the flip side of that, though, that won't be all that. You're like, hey, listen, it's football. You signed up. You play for it. But, I, you know, I feel you on that. Getting back into the individual games, what's, what's, a, right. what's another game perhaps we weren't thinking about that you're looking forward to tonight? Hey, give me Pahokee and Boca Raton. Man, a 1A versus 8A, how often do you see that? Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, this, uh, and what, what do you think is going to happen there between those two? It's a, it's a, it's gonna, I think it's another close matchup like it was last year. It's just, you know, Boca Trone's pretty good. Pahokee's pretty good. Both of them are fine. I know someone's going to walk away with a loss this season. They're going to walk away with their first loss. And it's, you know, I I, I, I like, you know, for, for Pahokee being a 118, they can they, they know how to beat up on some 818 teams. They know what they can do. They play football in Pahokee still. <laughs> yeah, Pahokee no, style, obviously so. a proud program, and that, you know, hasn't gone away anywhere. So that uh, is definitely going to be interesting. You know, I like the upset alerts as they come in. Um, what, what, do you see some oh, yeah. potential for, for a big upset alert tweet going out tonight? And if so, where? Uh, I mean, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure – you know what? If, if I had to put an upset alert tweet on it, I mean, I, I guess I guess, I guess it's, you know, it, it depends on how if, if St. Thomas Aquinas goes and blows a push of Gorman, how that might be an upset alert. But you know, <laughs> right. the, the thing the, the thing the thing is, this week it just seems like the, you know, like a lot of district games, but there's a lot of the not so good high quality district games that I would I, you you would expect because it's just, you know a lot of teams have changed over the last you know you know from what they were last year to this year, you know, there's been a lot of change. I don't think we're going to get into the better of the district games until two more weeks out when we get to week eight. And that's the thing, you know, and so I'm not sure. I think some of the upset alerts will come if a team is not expected to do well in their district and all of a sudden they're winning that game that they, you know, not a lot of people are thinking, oh, yeah, they're not going to win this game. And all of a sudden they're winning that game. I think that's where it's going to come in and, you know, I'm sure it's going to happen. I'm sure there's going to be a few that are going to happen, but I, I, I just depends. Oh, they, the we game got we get them every week. You know, we get them every well, we week. Every, so we, you know, we get them every you week. Fo- yeah, yeah. You oh, folks out there week. cruising around on on Twitter tonight. You know, F L A H S football at F L A H S football on Twitter. You can get not only you know the upset alerts, but the uh, scores from all of the games, and it's you know it's, it's something. Oh, yeah. um, I definitely check when I'm when I'm leaving out of my game. Uh, head straight to there and find out what's going on. So, man, listen as always. Appreciate you coming on, talking high school football, and getting us straight to on the new playoff format. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And hey, just another little quick reminder. Hey, state championships are not going to be all one weekend this year. That was announced yesterday because Orlando is getting the ACC championship game. So now all now we get to see all eight games in three to, in a three day span. 
Well, listen, awesome, man, because uh, it was something I pushed for. Uh, I even wrote an article about it, and you can find it on uh, gridironstuds.com forward slash blog, where you know I you know I gave out some some a uh, couple of things that could be done with Florida high school football championships that would really um, improve the experience, and that was one of them. Put all the games in one weekend, so you know we could see all of these teams play. So I'm glad they're doing that. Good things happening there with the FHSAA, man. Josh, thanks for coming oh, on yeah. and joining us on the Gridiron Stud Show. Appreciate it, Chad. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. That's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com, a really good comprehensive site for you to get information on uh, high school football here in the state of Florida, whether that's rankings, Pinko's predictions, or even the scores on a Friday night, which is very, very important to uh, everyone out there. All right, sliding back into the college football game, uh, we're going to head back out and talk Florida State football right now with Safi Dean from the Orlando Sentinel. Um, things started off a little rocky last week. Not the start that you want for the Florida State Seminoles after the Louisville game, but uh, the Seminoles got their act together and flexed some offensive muscle last week. What's the mood around the team? I think they're really excited for North Carolina, man. I think, uh, you know, this is their first home game in a, in a month, uh, first of mm-hmm. all. So I think they're, you know, excited to show their fans that, uh, you know, we're not a fluke. We, we, we rebounded. We're, uh, we're back on track. And um, I think more importantly, too, I think you see a lot more confidence, man. I know, you know, Florida State did play USF, but sometimes you just need something, a little refresher course. You know, you need a little something to uh, to wet your palate again and kind of remind you that uh, you, you know what you're doing. You know, you, you're not horrible at football. And uh, I think that's what the USF game did for them. You know, they beat them 55-35, you know, almost, all, almost had 500 yards rushing. Dalvin had a career-high day. Um, so I think they have, you know, a little restored confidence, uh, you know, going into this game against – you know, the team that won the Coastal last year. It's going to be a big matchup. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, USF no slouch uh, so that you go out there and you put up the 55 points and you run the ball like that should give you a certain measure of confidence. But of still concern is you gave up 35 points to USF. You gave up 63 to Louisville, 34 to Ole Miss. You've got problems defensively if you're Florida State. And uh, if North Carolina could do anything, it's offense. So, you know, What's the thought there? Are we looking for a shootout? It's going to be an exciting oh, game, I think. Sure. For sure. I think we're definitely looking at a shootout. You know, this guy, uh, Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, uh, UNC's quarterback, uh, first-year starter, man, and he's given, uh, he's uh, completed 80% of his passes. I think he hasn't thrown an interception in about 200 passes. Um, you know, this kid is for real. He uh, he led a touchdown drive that uh, helped him be pit last week. Um you know, and you got a guy like Ryan Switzer, a receiver, you know, working out the slot, working on the outside, inside. Um, he's so dynamic. He's one of the most dynamic receivers, you know, Florida State might see this year, you know, early this season. Um, this UNC offense, it's, it's high-powered, man. You know, they haven't skipped a beat since missing, uh, since uh, losing in that AC title game to Clemson last year. And um, you're going to have another big challenge for this Florida State defense. It's really young across the board, man. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys in the secondary, like McFadden, Lewis, A.J. Westbrook. You know, those guys are second-year players, but this is the first time they're really getting some real playing time, getting to learn the hard way. Um, and they're learning mm-hmm. some hard lessons, but you know what? They're, they're rebounding, and, and it's going to be – they're going to have to depend on their offense, that's for sure. Yeah, any concern here that, okay, you had the big – you redeemed yourself last week, ended up with a blowout win over USF, and then you got the big annual – uh, rivalry game against Miami next week. Is this a sandwich game? Uh, is there some concern there that you might not be fully focused on what is a good North Carolina football team? After after the way they got their you know what's kicked at Louisville, they they can't afford to do that. You know mm-hmm. they really can. You don't you don't um 
you know, Miami's doing a great job this year. They got a big game this week against Georgia Tech, I believe. Um, so, you know, they, there's nothing that Florida State can look over, man. I mean, this North Carolina team has the ability, you know, to, to, to beat, you know, FSU just like Louisville did. You know, if they get if they get on a roll there, you know, it's going to be hard to stop them, especially with Trubisky being so accurate as a passer and being so deny, dynamic in that passing game. Um, Florida State can't afford to, to look this over, and, and honestly, they don't play well enough to do that. You know, they have to really worry about themselves and uh, take everything one game, a game at a time, that's for sure. Yeah, the biggest thing, uh, the, what, what's the biggest issue on defense right now? I know you said that they're young, but um, being a little bit more specific than that, what's the biggest issue on defense for Florida State right now? I think it's a confidence issue. I think, you know, a lot of players are in position to make plays. They're just not making them. You know, they're second-guessing themselves. Um, they're getting to the point where, you know, one mistake is going to, you know, loophole into another, to another, to another. And, and when those things snowball, you kind of get what happened in that Louisville game, you know. Um, I think, uh, you know, once they get that second-guessing out of there, you know, once they start believing a little bit more in, in their scheme and getting that more experience, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, the defense really does show up. They have spurts in, in, in games where, you know, USF, they stopped them nine straight stops. You look at that Ole Miss game, they stopped that defense the whole second half. That, they stopped that offense the whole second half, you know. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. uh, this defense is definitely capable, you know, of shutting teams down. It's just, it just needs to put it all together. It has, has yet to do that in a complete game so far. Yeah, listen, I know you're a Florida State expert, but uh, obviously you got to pay attention to what else is going on in the conference. Louisville and Clemson. Are you surprised Louisville is the road favorite in this one? And then what do you think is going to happen with the outcome in this contest? I think uh, I'm really surprised Louisville is the, is the, uh, is the uh, you know, the favorite here. I think people have really underestimated Clemson this season. Uh, I'm sure they had a couple, you know, those first couple games that, uh, you know, they didn't look as great or maybe not as interested. You know, who knows there. But I think uh, you can't deny the fact that Clemson's returning everybody, you know, most of their players, including Deshaun Watson. And they're playing at home, too. Um, I think definitely think that's the bookies trying to get you to lose some money there. Don't take that bet. I got Clemson. <laughs> I got Clemson winning that one. But I'll tell you what, Chad, if if, if, if Lamar Jackson pulls that out, Louisville wins at Clemson um, this week, man, uh, just give him the trophy, man. He, uh, he definitely deserves it. Uh, it'll be a performance by him that proposed them. And uh, just hand them the, the Heisman right there, man. Yeah, listen, um, it, there's still a lot of football to be played after this, but if he could do what he did to Florida State and then back it up uh, against Clemson, you know, saying, showing really that that's no fluke. Mm. Um, early as yeah. it is, I'd have to agree with you on that one, that, you know, go ahead and hand him the trophy. Well, listen, man, certainly Florida State – Headed for an exciting game on uh, tomorrow against North Carolina, and then it's the big one, Florida State against Miami next week. Can't wait to have you on to talk about that one as well. Thanks for joining us on the show today. All right, Chad. Have a good one, man. All right. That's the feeding from uh, Orlando Sentinel beat writer for Florida State Seminoles talking about the mood around the team after the bounce-back win against South Florida. They do have North Carolina tomorrow. North Carolina can play offense. Florida State struggling on defense. What kind of game are we going to have there? I think we're headed for some uh, excitement in that one. How it ends up, we'll have to see two, a couple of big games going down in the ACC this weekend. So great to see that. Going to take a quick break. When I get back, going to talk some University of Miami football real quick here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back right after this.
You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! We're back here for the final segment of the Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, we've hit it all here on the show today. Florida State football, Florida Gators football, college football, high school football, NFL football. Only thing left now is to talk. University of Miami football, very, uh, I'd say, I dare say a big game, interesting game going down this weekend for the University of Miami. Uh, 12 o'clock, high noon tomorrow. University of Miami is going to take on Georgia Tech in Atlanta on the road. Um, dangerous game. You know, dangerous game here. I don't like what the odds makers did in this one, making Miami such a strong favorite after a blowout win and a bye week. You know, sometimes you tend to get a little lackadaisical a little bit, you know, a little comfortable. Uh, and you're playing a Georgia Tech team that lost on national television, man. Uh, and really in an embarrassing fashion, 26-7. to you best believe Georgia Tech's week of practice has been crisp. Um, they're going to come out with a little bit of anger, and uh, they're going to come out full of piss and vinegar against University of Miami, who's not only coming off of the blowout win in the bye week, but they've got their big annual rivalry matchup against Florida State ahead next week. I, this puts Miami in a tough spot here, and I just think this number's really high. It's 7.5, actually. Um, and this thing opened up. Um, we continue to talk about the point spread here is minus minus five. And, uh, you know, all types of 
you know, who knows, public and smart money goes in on the University of Miami and has risen this thing quite a bit. Just really makes me nervous about this game. Uh, perhaps it's a tough one that Miami could pull out in the end with a, with a kick. Listen, they go out and blow out Georgia Tech. Man, hold on to your hats because everything here would indicate that in a situation like this, you maybe you're not up to be playing your best football. And if in that situation the University of Miami goes out and uh, knocks out Georgia Tech's two front teeth, Hold on to your hat here, folks, because uh, we've got, we got some serious football being played down in Coral Gables, which we, I think we do anyway. But uh, we'll find out a little bit more as we do each week about this University of Miami football team. And, again, the, uh, pending, uh, the impending clash against the Florida State coming up. I've said uh, even before the season when I didn't have Miami with a flattering record in my predictions, thought this was the year Miami beats Florida State. And, and obviously, that looks even a little clearer now can't guarantee wins you're not supposed to do that around here as we were uh taught last week but i uh, really like the way miami's playing but i just had felt going into the season florida state would fall back some it sure seems like that's what's happened here in miami stronger than i anticipated but again ahead of all that is the georgia tech game next week uh you know folks could say that mark rick is familiar with georgia tech he played them every year well you know what that means that means georgia tech's also familiar with mark rick so there won't be too many surprises on either side here uh, for each team schematically as, you know, um, both sides going to pretty much know how each other go about playing football. So, again, it's high noon tomorrow. Be ready to tune in to that one. Um, very interesting to see how the University of Miami comes out and um, handles themselves ahead of that Florida State game and off of the win and some time off. Are they? Are there all systems go? And uh, are they fully dialed in and focused? Uh, but so far, 3-0 on the season, and you got to like what you've seen out of the University of Miami thus far. All right, well, so that's going to do it for us here on the Gridiron Stud Show, another Football Friday edition. Uh, my favorite show each week is the Football Friday edition. We get to talk about it all, high school football, college football, NFL football, the big three in the state, Miami, Florida, and Florida State. We get it all in on here, plus we give you predictions from college and NFL and a fantasy football focus. So if you missed all that and you're just now tuning in, you missed a good show. But the good news is you could always listen to the archive of the Gridiron Stud Show. Just go to gridironstudshow.com or find us on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Uh, our podcasts are on iTunes. Go subscribe, man. You never have to miss another show because you are busy. We'd like to thank you all that listen to us live. Uh, here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thank you for making this a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. For uh, all of my guests and for my co-host, Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy the weekend. Kicks off tonight with Friday Night Lights. Enjoy the weekend. This is the end. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.